Blog Talk Radio. I'm just very excited to be home. This is home. I understand the proud traditions at the University of Miami. I know what it's about. I want you to play physical. You can't play this game any other way. Guys that play physical inspire their teammates. When you see a big hit, that fires you up. I want everybody in those stands to know that you are playing hard. The Miami Hurricanes were home on Saturday night, home in their new home, inside a stadium that was not recognizable in any way. The heart of $500 million in renovations totally transformed the place into a modern and hip sporting venue that is changing the face of Miami Hurricane football. The Kane Nation responded, nearly filling the place for a game with Florida A&M, a massive improvement from the attendance struggles of recent seasons. The recruits responded, coming out in unison and glowing afterwards about how great the experience was. And then there was the football team. Coach Mark Rick asked them to play physical, and they answered the call. Everybody in the stands could see that they were playing hard, even though the opponent was grossly overmatched Florida A&M. And just as Mark Rick requested, they were a team. They were all about the U. You put it all together, and Miami Hurricanes football has an entire new outlook as we head into week two of the regular season. Miami was voted into the top 25 this week. We'll talk about that and so much more tonight as we embark on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest, what now is two to three hours, whatever is needed, in Hurricane Sports. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646 646- Five nine five two zero four eight. That's six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We have a hundred open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Uh, those of you who have been part of the show in the past, you know the drill. You want to come on and be part of the show and speak. You hit the number one on your keypad. That'll send us a little prompt that says you want to come and be on the show. You'll get in the queue. We'll bring you on when your turn comes up. So right now, you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here is some of what they came up with. What does the injury list look like? Is Stacey Coley hurt again? Um, I might as well address this one right now before we go any further. Um... Stacey Coley did get a little nicked up in the game, but but it's nothing serious. He was a, a full participant 
in practice today and should be good to go uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, linebacker Jamie Gordner uh, tore the ACL in his knee, and he's out for the season. Um, Anthony Moten is still nursing a knee issue. Uh, he was on the bike today and was not participating in practice. We do not know yet his status for Saturday, um, but obviously a pretty decent chance that he'll be held out again. We're not sure that Cortell Jenkins is healthy, um, but Jared Willis will be back um, this weekend, so the depth at defensive tackle should be okay. Um, and other than that, we think the team came out um, relatively unscathed from that season, Oprah, in pretty decent shape. Uh, played a lot of people, uh, guys that you, you maybe you never thought you'd see out there running around making plays. Um, I'll certainly put defensive tackle Ryan Fines in that category, and uh, he, he answered the call. Miami needed him. The, the depth was low at defensive tackle, and he represented himself pretty darn well, and um, good for Ryan, um, who's you know maybe one of the more overmatched guys, scholarship guys, certainly on the Hurricane roster right now, um, at least that's left after um, some of the departures and stuff over the past year. Anyway, continuing on with questions that were submitted. What is the plan this week as far as linebacker depth um, and who who's not currently listed as a linebacker might start receiving reps at linebacker due to the lack of depth. Does Jermaine Grace get reinstated this season? And what's up with Darian Owens, who's now listed at number two on that depth chart at will this week? Is he anywhere close to returning? He didn't look very good in warmups on Saturday night. I'll agree with that. So we'll talk more about this linebacker depth um, situation uh, as tonight's show continues. Were the top ends Chad Thomas and Demetrius Jackson? And if that said, should Trent Harris just play linebacker to help the depth there and leave the defensive end play to the other guys? Can Trayon Gray legitimately be a good candidate next year to switch to linebacker or even safety, as Eduardo Clements did when the running back depth chart got crowded late in his career. Would recruits respect Miami more if they made it to the ACC championship game or if the Hurricanes beat Florida State in October? After watching Florida State last night, is their talent level still heads and shoulders above Miami's? Do we look for more of the same against FAU as we got against FAMU? Will the Canes cover that 24-point spread? Do the Hurricanes have the starters to beat anybody, anywhere? Or do they still need to get a lot of breaks to win those games? Can the defensive tackles play at a high enough level to mask the issues at linebacker. Really, they're depth issues. They're not quality issues. If you saw the way those freshmen played the other night, you could uh, you could see there's there's extremely good pro- promise for those guys. And and I think those three can hold up pretty well. They'll have moments where they make mistakes, but you know those kids are really good athletes and they play very hard and aggressive. And you know Shaq Quarterman in particular, I thought was outstanding the other night. So I'm not going to say that I agree that the Hurricanes have issues at linebacker other than depth. They have depth issues, no question about it. We'll talk more about that. Will Mark Rick keep it conservative this week against FAU? Should players that are nicked not play this weekend to, uh, to ensure the, the depth concerns 
on the team. Will Mark Rick get Braxton Berrios more involved in the passing game against FAU? He only had one catch last week. Did Brad Kaya really line up under center 98% of the time against FAMU? Is that the way it's going to be, or is Mark Rick keeping his cards close to the vest? Does the fact that Mark Richt is calling plays make it so much easier to adjust on the fly based on his experience? Does it give him more control of play reaction tempo and flow? Or does it restrict Mark Richt's input on defense, making him rely more on his defensive coaches to make calls on D that will have less of his imprint? Is that an advantage to the Canes or not? And lastly, two years from now, will Miami be competing for the national championship? So all of that is on the table, along with anything else that comes to your mind here this evening. Again, the call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We are sponsored again tonight by FanDuel.com, where we will debut the Kane Sport League this week with NFL play beginning on um, later in the week. We'll talk more about that later in the show. And we're also sponsored tonight by Harry's, who has great deals for you guys on those razors from Germany that I could tell you from experience are really sensational. And we'll uh, talk a little bit more about that as well tonight later in the show. So without further ado, let's get on with it. 646-595-2048. Hit that number one on your keypad if you want to get in the queue. And the first caller tonight is from the 845. I think everybody knows who it is because he was the first caller the last two weeks as well. He loves getting us off to a good start. And let's go out to the 845 and speak to Greg. How are you doing this week, Greg? How are you, Gary? Did you get my email I sent you last night about that okay. picture of that golf course that I could have taken you to if you came up for the game? No, I, didn't, I, I did not get that. Uh, send it again to Canesport at BellSouth.net. Oh, .net. Okay, that must be right. Okay. All right. Let me start off by saying I was very impressed by the team, the way they played. But there's a couple things. I, I was most impressed by the special team's coverage, something we've been missing in the past few years. Those guys got down there very quick. I thought they did a great job. And uh, But the only thing about the special teams, I don't know what's going on with this punter. He was so good at the beginning of last year, but he's tailed off a lot. He, he's not punting the ball well, in my opinion. Do you agree with that? No. No, Justin Vogel, the, the, he's the least of your concerns. There, there, there's no issues there. I, I, let me see. What he he punted, uh, I guess, twice the other night. Um, I know he only he only averaged 28.5 yards per punt, but but that was largely because of the one that was blocked. Um, so you know that does, that that just totally killed killed his stats. And uh, no, he's Justin Vogel's fine. He's gonna have a great year. I don't think you have any worries there. Now the okay. coverage, the coverage. I agree with you though, Greg. I thought the coverage was really good, um, but again, I don't think they were really tested. I'm. I, I caution everybody. You know, let's all not fall into the trap of being too 
reactionary here and, and trying to analyze the whole team and what's going to happen the whole season based on what we saw against Florida A&M the other night. It was a great night uh, in so many ways. I think you got to take it for what it was uh, with the introduction of the new stadium, the, the show of support from the fans and the recruits, um, the usherance of the Mark Richt era in and what that meant. Um, but I don't think that that was a um, a litmus test, so to speak, to make hardcore evaluations of the football team beyond just some basic things that you saw. Like, you know, obviously the, the way the freshman linebackers held up was a very encouraging sign. The You know, some of the defensive ends that hadn't performed in the past, like Demetrius Jackson, you know, you, you could see that he's taken a big step forward in his career. I thought Jaquan Johnson was spectacular in the different roles that he was playing on defense. And you could tell how much the coaches believe in him because of, of the way he's being used and how um, visible he is on special teams and, and, and in some of those um, nickel packages and, and, and things. So there were little things like that, and, and, and I'm sure there's more that will come to mind as we go through the show, um, which you can obviously get very excited about, and I think everybody is. Uh, but I wouldn't try to jump to too many conclusions based on, on what happened out there. I, I mean, that was a really, really, really overmatched FAMU team. I agree, but there was very few penalties, and everyone was set on defense, not like the last five years. We had people running on and off the field as the ball was being snapped. I mean, they're organized. Yeah, it, it, it was a professional-looking operation. Very classy. Correct. Very All classy. Right, my last, oh, yeah, Mark Rick's great. I love him. Now, my last point, I don't know if you know, what is, I see they, they played 12 out of the 18 freshmen, true freshmen. Um. Now, a kid like Jeff James, he played maybe a couple plays. Is he shot now as far as – can he still be red-shirted, or is that once you play, you're done as far no, as red-shirted? No, they can put guys in games the first the first few games. Um, I think it's the first three. And at that point, if they want to red-shirt somebody, uh, they can find a way to do it. You know, sometimes they got to oh, show okay. up on games. They got to show up on an injury list or something like that. But the NCAA kind of doesn't really even, you know, get too involved in that. They kind of, um, I, I guess you could say they, they look the other way. Every team in the country, you typically, you know, has that option. It's it's third. I believe it's thirty percent of the of the games or downs, you know, during the course of the season. So. Um, Usually that game three mark or so is is where they got to make that call by. Okay, one just one quick thing on recruiting, and I'll hang up. Uh, I saw Al Blades on a, on was on the, the big screen there in his Miami gear. If he goes anywhere else, he'd look awful foolish. He's not going anywhere else. You know that. Well, I hope so, because he's one hell of a player. Yeah, no, nah, he's and, not going anywhere else. All right, Gary, thank you for having me on again, and I'll keep listening and call you next week. Take care. You got it, Greg. Thank, thanks for getting us started tonight. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, let's move further down the queue and go out to... The 423, you are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing? 
Doing great. Who's this? Uh, my name's Jeremy. Live in Tennessee. First time caller. Hey. I've listened. I've listened for the past past three past two or three weeks. On I listened a lot last year. Just never really did call in. But uh, well, we're glad you did. After seeing what I saw on on Saturday, I I was impressed. I've been a fan for a long time. I live up in East Tennessee. Um, I actually live about ten minutes from the Bristol racetrack where the Battle of Bristol is going to be going on. Um, and these Tennessee fans are uh, they're praying that Appalachian State beats Miami so it validates that Tennessee game. Um, <laughs> but, but my question is is on the offensive side. Uh, I guess one of your uh, people that um, wrote into the Kane Sport website um, asked the question I was going to ask is how conservative were we playing as far as the playbook goes? And I know that every every game has a different playbook. I I think some people get get wrapped up in thinking that we throw the house at everybody every game. Well, every different team has a different playbook. That's why they coach. But I mean, we were pretty conservative. I mean, I mean, Kaya was not. He, in my opinion, he wasn't that sharp especially downfield. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, I understand it's the first game. He didn't have that many opportunities. But how conservative do you think that we were on, on the offensive side of the ball? Oh, I thought they were real conservative. I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, it's funny because Mark Rick, he's a cool cat now. You know, he's, he, you know he'll, he'll, he'll play possum on you. He's, you know, he, he said today that he doesn't really believe in holding back and things like that and, you know, he he feels like, you know, you could try to you could outcute yourself and then before you know it it's the fourth quarter and you're still in a game you know, in a game against a team that you should be beating handily and um he doesn't like to play around with that like that. But you know, that to me that was coach speak. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean they yeah. they they were very vanilla in the passing game, no question about it. Um I think Another they had a hand, handful of running plays that they ran over and over again. And, you know, I don't, I don't think they showed very much at all. Yeah, I agree. And then the other thing I will say, and, you know, we, we can talk for days about the difference between this staff and um, the staff in the past, but the halftime adjustment, and I know it's FAMU and I get it, but they were not happy at halftime with the way that we were at the, towards the end of the second quarter. And for those guys to come out in the third quarter and throw up 42 points, I mean, they must have really got into them at halftime, and that speaks volumes to the coaching and to the adjustments in the second half. I don't care who you're playing. Um, and that just did not happen in the past. Um, you know, I agree here, with here's, what I'll tell you. It's, here's what I'll tell you it speaks to. And, and yeah, it has to do with coaching. There's, there, there's no question about it. I think it, has, I think it speaks to the respect that these players have for their coaching staff. You know, it, it's like – it's a natural byproduct. Every coaching staff is going to go into the locker room at halftime of a game like that and say, all right, guys, come on, let's not let up. You know, let's be classy in the second half. You know, let's keep the quality of our game up. You know, yada, yada, yada. Every coach is going to say that. But when you see kids respond the way these guys did, that shows you that they respect those coaches. And, and, and that's, that's what I think has changed quite a bit. I think the, the, right. that there's a great respect top to bottom – you know, obviously, you know, there were coaches on the staff last year that obviously had the respect of of, of the players that, that were under them. And, you know, but, you know, I, I think that, that top to bottom, that that was a sign that there's even a greater level of respect for this year's coaching staff that's really doing a very good job. One more thing, and I'll let you go, because it happened after the last Tuesday's show, and I didn't, I didn't get to see your comments on it. Um, 
Stan Bruce three games, I, I, that's a little much. I mean, I, I understand Mark Rick's point and what he's trying to do. He's trying to basically use this as an example. Is there more to it than that, or is that pretty much it? He's just he's using this as no. an example. Guys don't fool around with it, and that's it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that look, Sam Bruce had a rocky end to high school. Let's let's be honest. Um, there there was the the very high profile thing with the picture with with the gun and 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 things like that. There. There also, you know, might have been some other little things that went on over at St. Thomas with Sam Bruce and um, the University of Miami. You know, honored their commitment to him and 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 let him be part of this team. But I think they're, you know, they're looking to nip this thing at the bud right now before he even gets started. They're looking to get Sam Bruce's head right. They're they're looking to send him a message: Sam, you're part of a bigger being now here in University of Miami football, and you just can't be doing things that are going to embarrass yourself and the program. And, um, you know, so we're going to let you sit the first three weeks and, and, and you know, drive that message home. And, and, and I think that they're doing that. And, I you know, I spoke to Sam Bruce about, I don't know, it was probably about eight, nine days ago, and he's got a great attitude and he feels really good about, you know, being at Miami. And, you know, I, I, I think he's accepting the, 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 the punishment and, uh, you know, just trying to do the right things and, 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 and get his life in order. And sometimes kids, you know, I don't know if you're a parent, but, you know, obviously there's plenty of parents out there. And, you know, kids go through different things, different stages of life. They do knucklehead things, and, and they they just have to grow up and learn from them. And, and that's what I think the goal is here. All right, I think we lost you, so we will uh, continue on. Thank you for the call. Um, 646-595-2048 is the number. Again, hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's continue on and go out to the 678 now where you are live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is 23-Daddy Kane. Hey, hey, what's going on? <laughs> what's happening? You must be excited. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. All the time, all the time. It was a good showing, a good team victory, a good workout. Did you make it down for the game? No, no. His mom, my wife, and his uh, uh, sister and his grandmother did. I had to work. You know, that's what I do. You going to come down this week? Yes, I am. I actually am. I'm flying in Friday. And my, oh, my 13-year-old, we had a game here, so we kind of split duties. Uh-huh. So, but I'll be down there this week, man. It's it's a great win, great atmosphere. His mom loved it. I mean, and like you said earlier, you know, it was an outmatched opponent. But we just worked on some stuff. Uh, got the kids a chance to go against somebody other than themselves. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great showing. I mean, yeah, well, I can happily, I can um, happily report to you that Chris is really doing phenomenally and uh obviously he's going to be a huge part of this team this year and uh oh, they didn't it. they didn't show a lot of the tight end stuff this week but i assure you you're going to see plenty of them down the road <laughs> man no we are i mean the, the tight end stuff is going to kill them i mean yeah we got we got three three-headed monsters tight end man that that you can do so much with i mean stan you know he's a bruiser he's on block he can catch David with his speed and I mean it's that's a three headed monster dude, but and it's all gonna be used because you still 
have Stacy Coley, Amon Rich. I mean, I'm I'm really excited. I was worried because you know talking about Georgia people here, we didn't know which Mark Rick we were going to see. And you know he's always conservative and he don't like to, you know, you know run the score up on teams. But I told some friends of mine, I said I can tell by what the end score is going to be. I said if if it's high. That means, you know, a lot of things have changed with him. He's rejuvenated. Uh, if it's uh, 20, 30-something points and nothing or three, you know, nothing has changed with him. And, and I see a big change in him. And sometimes that happens. He, he just got rejuvenated since he's been back, you know. Yeah, I could see, you know, and, uh, it, it's it's funny because, you know, that you mentioned what, the, what, what people are saying about him in Georgia. And, you know, they thought he was getting a little tired. They thought that, you know, he was losing it a little bit and stuff like that. But, and, you know, every now and then he'll, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll make, make a joke about himself, about how he screws up a play call here or there, or he'll, he'll forget the name of a player and he'll, he'll have to ask, oh, what's the name of 56 again, or things like that. And I can see where, where, you know, people looking to poke holes in the guy, you know, would see, seize on stuff like that. To, to do so, and but you know there have been no signs of burnout or, nah, or anything like that. Nah. I mean he, he nah. he's energized. It's a rejuvenation process. It's a rejuvenation yeah. process because the the latter years at UGA he was more of a facilitator. He had a coordinator to handle offense and defense. But since he's been there, he's calling his own plays, which he loves to do, and he's great at doing. He's working with his quarterbacks. I mean. That's going to keep him engaged. I mean, he's he's a, a quarterback guru, so now he's he's getting back to his old self, man, and it's it's great for us, great for a fan base that you know we're just hungry. I mean, it, it's nothing but love for him, man. I'm telling you, I, you know, it's, it's a great deal for us. I think everybody, uh, we definitely have to look at it as a work in progress, like you said. It was fam you, and it was great, you know, but it's a work in progress. We we can't get. Um, caught up in a 70-3, to three. we have to get better every week. And I do believe we have the coaches to do it. The kids want to do it. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to do offense and defense on both sides. I mean, so I, I think it's going to be a good year. I mean, and that's all we're looking for, improve well, you every know, week. Uh, a minute ago, I'm, I know you were listening, we were talking about how the players responded at halftime and came out and put 42 points up in the third quarter. And I mentioned how, you know, to me, it, it, it was a sign of respect for their coaches, you know, and, and, you know, some of the, a lot of those coaches last year had the respect of their players and you don't want to overstate that, but, um, you know, I think top to bottom, these guys really have the, the, the pulse of this team. And I, and I, and I think that they, they form those, the bond, between coaching staff and players, and, and they're all on the same page. And, and, and I think that that's a big reason why at halftime when it looked like the play was slipping a little bit in the second quarter and stuff, that the coaches were able to rally them together and say, hey, guys, let's go out and look good in the second half. And then they, they came out and, of course, put up the 42 in the third quarter. And from, from your perspective, is that kind of what you've seen in talking to Chris and hearing what's well, going on? I'll tell you this, and I listen to the callers, but – those players loved the old coaches. They they had nothing but love, and they respected them also. I mean, it's just a different philosophy. It's a different philosophy, uh, you know, after so long of doing the same old thing. 
even the older kids that were there, it's something good to bring in and something new. So now you have a situation where the, the kids and the team want to buy into something different. You bring in a coach that has been looked down on, so now he has something to prove. The key to it all is they all are buying into each other, and they realize, you know, we have something to prove as a team. People look down on us. He has something to prove as a coach, but the unity that he's bringing together. It, it, it was the same thing last year with the old coaching staff. The kids loved them. They bonded well. They went on, you know, trips together for the holidays. He was taking them. You know, they went as a group. They went to the movies together. It's, it's just a difference, you know. And, and like I said, I, I won't badmouth the old coaches because I know what kind of hard work that they put in. It's just a difference. I mean, they, they made their halftime adjustments, like you said earlier, just like everybody else. It's just it didn't work, you know. Uh, so it, it, I won't badmouth the old coaching regime, and I won't say the kids playing harder now because it's a new coaching regime. I, I won't get into all that. It's just, it's, it's just a difference. And it's a great difference, you know. Well, I'm, I, I thought they were playing harder the other night. I mean, you know, that that was extreme effort that that you saw out there on the field, and and kids when were they're playing for the each other. I mean, they're they're playing for each other because as as everybody, the nation, everybody heard what Paul Feinbaum had to say. All everybody came down on them as a whole. So yeah, these kids now feel like they have something to prove, and you know, it's, it's, they're they're gonna. I mean. Think about it. My son, everybody else, there's 105 kids on the team. All of them had senior highlights. All of them was highly recruited. But now that they're in college, they all got dumped on by the nation, you know, sports writers. So, yeah, they all got a chip on their shoulder. But now the, the, the thing is they're all playing together. They're all playing for each other. And that's that fire that they have. They, they don't care if it's a freshman if it's a, a fifth-year senior, they are all coming together and playing for because they all were embarrassed in three games last year. So yeah, it's it's more it's 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 a good driving and motivational force, you know. And we're going to reap the benefits from it. And, and the Kane fans, the Kane Nation, is definitely going to reap, which they deserve it. So I I'm glad of it, man. I'm so excited, and as long as we keep getting better every week, every and Everybody is going to be happy, you know. So, All righty. Well, you got, you got anything else for us tonight? No, no. Go ahead. I appreciate you letting me talk, man. And, you know, put me back on hold. I'll be listening. And you got I'll it. definitely look Th- for you next weekend. Yeah, thank you, as always, for being part of the show. And, uh, yeah, please do. And I uh, hope we get a chance to say hello uh, this weekend. If not, not too many more weeks before we come up to Atlanta. So we'll figure something out. Mr. Hernandez, well, yeah, you, you know, I'm, uh, no problem, man. Have a good day. You got it. All right, that's 23 Big Daddy Kane, Mr. Herndon, a proud father, and justifiably so. His son Chris is doing great, and you're going to see a lot of them as the season goes on. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go out now to the 770. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right. You're going to have to call back, get back in line. Let's go to the 239. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
Hey, Gary, first-time caller, uh, TG Player 12, and a member of the site for, I don't know, 10, 12 years. I don't even know more than that now. First, let me thank you for that. And, um, you know, I'm glad that you finally got up the nerve to call in. I I like when we get some new callers and some fresh opinions. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I've been reading for a while. I was excited when we fired Larry. I was at his last game that one up in Nevada. Uh, freezing cold on that blue turf at NBC Computers Bowl game. God, what a disaster. Um, and then Shannon and Golden and all of it, man. Anyway, Braxton Berrios, where did this fresh cat come from, man? He looks so explosive. Chris, awesome, clean. Crazy uh, you gotta give turns. You, you got to give James Coley all the credit in the world for that one. You know, um, Braxton was a good high school player, but, a, you know, a lot of – a lot of teams didn't recruit him because he was kind of on the smaller side. Um, you know, let me see what he's uh, his official height height and weight is. But um, you know, I don't. He reminds me of that guy from UNC who. Um, yeah. uh Switzer, I think is the guy's name. He, yeah, um, I remember who you're talking about. Yeah, you know, they list him at five nine. I, I'd be surprised if he's more than five eight. Um, but man, you know, he he's got jets and. and He's finally healthy. You know, he hurt his knee in his senior year of high school, and he he came to Miami with, with, with you know off of an ACL, and then he got nicked up again last year. So th- this is the healthiest that he's ever been, and uh, and he looks it. And he, he's the greatest kid in the world. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you what a nice kid he is. And and um, I, I don't think he's gotten. He's a straight A student. Has never gotten anything but an A in his classes at UM. And always does the right things, has the greatest attitude in the world, is, an, is a phenomenal locker room guy. And now he's healthy and he's, he's playing great at receiver and as a kick returner. So um, this is a guy that you, you could feel really good about. And uh, James Coley gets all the, all the credit for bringing him into the program at the same time that he went out and found um, Brad Kaya. I mean, the guy, got, the, the, the guy had his ups and downs as a coordinator, but he got it done for this program as a recruiter. And, and I think one of the flaws of Al Golden was that he didn't use James Coley more in recruiting because uh, James Coley is a recruiting weapon. Yeah, he is. I remember being, God, I remember he was like right, right when tweeting first started, or maybe he was even on Facebook and he was tweeting or Facebooking this crazy stuff 10 years ago when he was at Florida state or something about, beautiful mornings rising over Doke Campbell Stadium. And I remember laughing and saying, who is this joker? You know? Oh, yeah. Um, He's funny tech on Twitter. Yeah. I clown him all the time now because, you know, now he's, um, you know, he's up at at Georgia, obviously, and he's always sending out, you know, tweets um, that that are similar to what he used to send when he was at Miami. I I tell him he's copycatting and things like that, but, uh, he's a really good guy and he's, he's found a new home up in Athens and they beat North Carolina in their opening game. So he's happy. And, um, but I'll tell you, he, he, he made a big contribution to Miami in the few years that he was here and did a great job in bringing in. How'd you like to see this team without Brad Kaya and Braxton Berrios right now? Um, so, Oh yeah. He, I mean, another another receiver, and I feel so bad for the guy. Talk about a guy whose career is just, I think, just never going to take off because of injury. I remember watching him in his last senior game, uh, I think it was a state game maybe, Malcolm Lewis. 
what a player he was coming out of, out of high school. Super fat, super fast, shifty. I remember his first couple of games, he ran these great routes. He was running like, a, like an upperclassman, and that horrendous injury with that ankle turned upside down or whatever. Another recruit, I think, from Cole. But, um, you know, don't, don't give up on Malcolm. You know, Malcolm had a great training camp. Uh, Coach Rick loves him, and, and I think he'll make a contribution this year before it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm, I'm, based on what I saw in that game, I think as long as he gets the ball thrown to him, he, he showed even in just, I think, one or two receptions, he, can, he has some movement to do in space. He can catch the ball, make a guy miss, get up a couple yards downfield, whereas opposed to another guy may just make the reception, kind of lumber forward for a yard or two, and then probably come down to the turf. I think he's got that step in him. But the one thing I, I really wanted to mention tonight, I live in, in, in Atlanta. I'm a transplant from the Naples, Florida area. Um, you know, been a Canes fan since I was a kid. My mother went to Miami in the 70s back when it was Suntan U. Been going to the OBs since I was five years old. I live in Atlanta now. I feel like I live in South Florida. I am telling you, there are more Miami fans up here these days because of Mark Rick uh, than, than you'd ever imagine. I wear my Miami stuff everywhere I go. People are constantly stopping me, asking me what I think about Mark Rick. How's the program doing? Do I like the hire? They want that guy to win in Miami almost as much as we want the guy to win in Miami. I, yeah, I mean, he's so likable. I mean, why, why would anybody who's come into contact with him have a negative opinion? I mean, he's the nicest guy in the world. But, you know, it was funny. The other night, I don't know if you saw it, but the referee made a bad call early in the game, and boy, did he run out there and light that guy up. I, I was impressed. I didn't know he had that in him. So, I mean, he, he's a fierce competitor, and, um, you know, when he gets out there on the field during game uh, during the game, he's not afraid to show uh, emotion that you didn't know he had. Oh, no, he's, he's a fierce competitor. When he came up here for the tour – that the, the Booster Club does every year, and I forget the name of it, but they came up here to, uh, to Atlanta a few months ago. He came up with Coach Larinaga and Jim's wife and, and kind of the whole rest of the crew. And when he came up, I got a chance to meet the guy for a minute. And, I mean, he just got fire in him, uh, you know, that I, everyone I think was so worried, God, are we just getting the sloppy seconds, the leftovers from, from UGA with Mark? I don't think so. And I saw that in two areas. And, I want to get other callers on, so I'm going to kind of leave you with this, but I'll, I'll be sure to call back hopefully in the next couple of weeks when I get a free minute. But two things I saw. Energy, so much energy throughout the game. Miami players have been coming out for the last few years. They come out amped to start the game. You know, who isn't amped to come out and play the game they've been working for, you know, for the last five, six days for that week? I mean, they're always amped. But this team stayed amped, stayed energized, on point, they kept their heads in the game. They weren't on Sunday morning. They kept their heads in the game on Saturday night from the first whistle blow to the last whistle blow. That impresses me against a grossly overmatched opponent in FAMU. First thing, very, very impressed about that. Second thing, and I think it's been kind of mentioned a little bit, all class this operation, professional, businesslike. The moment wasn't too big, even though it was the opener for tons of these freshman kids that have never played in what I'm told is a gorgeous stadium. All this stuff going on. That team came out determined, focused, laser-focused. It really didn't last even a little bit in the second quarter. It really didn't last too much, and they just stayed on point. I was so impressed by that. I hope that they were able to do that for the rest of the season. And that, to me, 
has been one of the hallmarks of these higher echelon SEC teams that we are kind of aspiring to be, but in our own way as a Miami team, we're aspiring to that level of, of outclassing your opponent in every way. And we did that. I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Um, couldn't agree more with everything you said. And um, thanks for deciding to call in. Great call. And hope you will call in uh, in the weeks to come. All right. 646-595-2048. 646 646- Five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go to the seven seven five. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, hi Gary. What's I this? um, uh, it's uh, Kane lover. Uh, hey, what's up, man? Uh, in Reno, in Reno. Yeah. Um, I uh, uh want to comment on the the uh, one of the biggest differences between last year and this year. And I agree with you totally about uh, the um, admin. And the uh, you know the, the administration that the, of the of the team and the respect that the players are getting, you know I spent my whole career in business and uh, a wise uh, old guy before I got really started in it once said to me people only respect what you inspect, and that's the key to good management. And uh, you don't have to spe- you don't have to hover over people, but you got to let them know that you're looking over their shoulder. Otherwise, they're not going they're going to lose respect for you and interest. And I think that's the biggest thing. With uh, what Rick, I mean, uh, when uh, when uh, when Kaya got sacked, uh, the offensive coordinator brought the whole team, uh, the whole offense to the sideline. He just went crazy, and we were up what by six touchdowns at the time. And uh, that told me right there that these guys want perfection. And when you demand perfection, and you're willing to uh, 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 continue to monitor that demand for respect you're going to get the respect of the players. I mean, love is one thing, but respect is another. I played college football, and I was a QB in college. And I can tell you that in my last year, I, I was just trying to survive because I didn't respect the coach, uh, and neither did any of the other guys. And I think uh, uh, last year, they lost respect uh, when, when Kyra was put in that first game at Louisville which would everybody agrees, and I know you do as well, that was a mistake. I mean, I, Duke Johnson, all, a lot of the seniors just would discuss it because you don't put a person on the road in a game like that. Should have read, should have. Totally agree. The other point I want to ask you about, and it's something that bothers the hell out of me, and I uh, pardon me for swearing, but I got to tell you that what is wrong with, what is lacking in our administration uh, and legal or legal and or legal and compliance department uh, where we keep getting blindsided, we got blindsided by Shapiro, we got blindsided by these uh, this uh, rental company, uh, and then we find out later that Shapiro has been around the program for four or five years. Then we find out also recently that uh, the, the, this uh, rental agency has been renting exotic cars uh, to the university. Uh, how, what, what the hell is lacking there? Why why couldn't they have got on this earlier and? jumped on and, and, and brought just the attention of the athletes that this is going on. So, you know, I mean, am I, what, am I asking too much, or is this just common in, uh, in college football these days? What is well, your opinion I, about our admin group? I think the Nevin Shapiro deal is in a league of its own. I, you know, a total debacle. You're absolutely right. They should, you know, the people should have been more on top of it. People kind of were – they didn't realize what was right under their nose and um, looked the other way. Uh, other people got sucked in by the guy. I mean, you know, I remember a coach was sitting and having dinner at a restaurant on South Beach, and 
uh, didn't even know Nevin Shapiro, and all of a sudden Nevin Shapiro's picking up his tab and um, doing things like that to kind of get in with people and stuff like that. You know, you're not thinking the guy is the the worm, you know, the the wormiest individual in the history uh, of of you know of that type of thing when something like that happens. And and you know he he was almost like a serial. Um, attacker of the Hurricane football yeah. program. Well, I mean, that, he just that, he, that. he just he just found ways to infiltrate it, and yeah. so I, I think you got to take that situation and kind of put it in a league of its own, and not try to compare okay. it to something like well, this. Well, let, well, let let's yeah. do that and focus on the present. The yeah, now, yeah, is, it, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you know, here's what I'll tell you. Um, there's 85 scholarship players. Um, there's coaches and compliance people and athletic department officials. They're not. They can't be with these kids on when they're on their own time. You're not gonna, uh, you know, assign a monitor to to these kids when they're out in the, in the neighborhood and out on the streets no, and out I mean, of the, but, but, and out at the club. So so wait, let me just finish. So the the yeah. onus of this is on the kids, and you know, I I don't feel sorry for any of those guys at all. I mean, they they knew the deal. I mean, they lived. Through Nevin Shapiro, they lived through probation. They lived through the embarrassment that the university went through with all that stuff and all the things that the guys that preceded them took from Nevin Shapiro and 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 the problems that it caused for the athletic program. That you will never convince me that those kids didn't know that whatever was going on with those exotic cars, that they had any business being involved there. And I don't, you know, we don't know all the ins and outs of the whole thing and who paid for what and whether it's true that relatives paid for the cars or things like that. You know, the, the bottom line is they, they knew the appearance that, that it was creating. And, and, and it, it just, it, it's just common sense. They should not have been involved with that stuff. And if their family members were involved in facilitating it in any way, shame on the family members. You know, you you, you got to have common sense, and you feel bad in the sense because I don't think Jermaine Grace is a bad kid. I mean, Quan Muhammad, you know, hopefully he grows up one day. Obviously, a total train wreck from the day he stepped foot on campus and left a wreckage of issues um, in his time at Miami, uh, fi- you know, which which probably justifiably finally ran out. Uh, I don't know if James, if Jermaine Grace will 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 ever be able to fulfill his dream of graduating from Miami. I, I, I thought it was, it was, it was, it was heartwarming a little bit to see him say that and say that, that, you know, he still feels God has a plan for him and that's to finish as a hurricane. I know he's got an attorney and he's going to try to talk Miami into working with him in the NCAA and letting him come back next year and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and that's all well and good. And we don't know where that one's going to end. Um, but I don't, you know, he's not a. I don't think he's a a, a bad kid. He had never been in trouble be, before, and you know, so you, you feel a little bit bad for him. But he should have known better. And if any of his family members were involved, they should have known better. All right, good point. What is uh, what's uh, what's going to what's going to happen with AQM? Is he uh, planning uh, transferring to another school? Or no, idea. school or? no idea. No idea. But you'll never. You'll never. I I I I can comfortably tell you. I don't think you'll ever see him at Miami again. I understand. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, too many guys. problems. Too, too, you know, too many problems. Just as an aside, how many, uh, how many men and women, how many employees do they have in their compliance department? I'm just curious. Do you have any idea? I believe they have like four, four or five, something like that. 
and, 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 and are they doing other things other than compliance? I mean, are they? No, uh, no, mean, totally. But compliance is so, is a very broad. Um, it's a very broad subject. I mean, they're dealing with eligibility issues. Um, obviously, they're they're looking to make sure the athletes don't get extra benefits, things like that. Um, they're okay. overseeing little things like how much money is spent on road trips and, and, and things like that and, and making sure that everything that's done conforms with the rules that have been established um, by the NCAA. So um, compliance, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty darn broad um, yeah. umbrella. Yeah, this may sound ridiculous, but maybe they need to uh, uh, get some, you know, put, put some kind of honor system in uh, where they can get reports from students when there's uh, – uh, crap like that, uh, like that. Yeah, you You want you think college kids are going to rat on college kids? Well, no. I mean, I read. I read college that kids are sitting there conspiring as to how much trouble they can get into. Come on, you know that. Yeah, I understand. I was a college kid as, as you were too. But 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 on the other hand, you know, these guys. You got four people in compliance, and uh, and this uh, this exotic rental car company has been has been renting out cars to. Students, other students, uh, 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 Alba athletes. Uh, who the hell knows how how deep this thing could go? And and I I, I just don't understand how the hell it it just came to a surprise to them. And all this uh, after the fact, it just seems to be it seems to be that the, the gate closes and the and uh, the horses are out, and then they're trying to freaking close the door. up on Instagram, I don't know if they ever would have found out about it, you know. And I I think he also was driving the cars around the building, and then he just just yeah, he well, just yeah, stupid yeah. stupid stupid stuff. Yeah, I understand. Totally totally agree. All right, thanks, Eric. All right, man. Thank you for being uh, part of the show. Um, glad you were able to call in. All right, guys, I'm going to take a moment right now to talk about a longtime sponsor of Kane Sport Live, uh, a, a company that I believe in. I use their products, and it's, it, it's Harry's. And I don't know about you, but, man, I can't stand shaving. I hate all those nicks and the scrapes and when you get those little ingrown hairs and things like that. And, you know, let's face it, when you go to the store to try to buy a better razor to improve your experience – they're really expensive, you know, and they're they're usually hidden in, in those little plastic cases, and you got to get a clerk to to unlock them. Well, the, the the reason they're locked up in those cases is because they're so expensive that people try to steal them. So, um, you know, but at least you know, I thought that razors were ridiculously priced until I got my first package from Harry's, and Harry's makes their own blades. They offer a high quality shave that's just better for your face and better for your wallet. They're High-quality, high-performance German blades crafted by shaving experts with a flex hinge and a lubricating strip. And I can tell you from experience, the best razor you could find anywhere. I don't know what kind you buy when you go to the store to, to, to buy razors for yourself. I've tried them all. Harry's razors are the best blades you'll find anywhere. And um, ever since I started using Harry's blades, my face feels smoother for longer. They're super sharp. They provide a close, comfortable shave. And my wife tells me that the moisturizing shaving cream really smells amazing. So, you know, that's always good. You always want the the wife to, to, to give you those compliments, even if it's after shaving. So um, to put it simply, Harry's has given me something that I've never had before, a great shave for a good price. And now it's your turn to find out about the greatness of Harry's, which we will now proclaim the official razor of Kane Sport Live. 
Why go pay $32 for an eight-pack of blades when you can get them for half the price at harrys.com? Harry's starter set, which is called the Truman, is a great option for new customers, and they have an amazing deal tonight for Cane Sport Live listeners. For just $15, you get a razor handle, you get the moisturizing shaving cream that smells really good, and you get three of Harry's five-blade German-engineered razors. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of the show. Harry's is going to give you $5 off that $15 purchase with the promo code CANES, C-A-N-E-S. That's your promo code. So go to harrys.com right now. Look for the Truman set. Order it, put in the promo code CANES, and you'll get that $15 starter kit for just $10. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Harry's, enter the code CANES at checkout. Get your $5 off and help support Cane Sport Live, which Harry's has been so generous to want to be a part of now going into two years. Stop compromising. Give Harry's razors a try today. All right, let's get back to the show. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And now we're going to go out to the 973. You're live on Kingsport Live. How you doing this evening? Okay, what's going on? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Who's this? It's, it's Ross Jersey, of course. Hey, what's up, Ross? How you doing this week? What's going on? Hey man, just got a couple of things that um I want to talk about. I actually didn't want to talk about this, but let me just make a quick, quick uh, reference about the um, compliance. And because um, the, the, the last caller was talking about it a little bit, I just want to chime in quickly. It's not my topic, not my couple of topics I want to talk about. But as far as compliance, one of the things that happen is that um, you know, they're there for overseeing things and making sure, like you said, the guys are not doing certain things wrong and. And things like that, but again, they can't see everything. But one thing I know for sure, and I'm not saying Miami is doing this, they also have others. They also have other sports they have to look at. And Correct. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that's not major sports that a lot of uh, I don't say major, but violations is going on in these other sports. The ones that nobody's looking at. And um, so again. We just have to do a better job as university players, football and basketball, you know, because people are going to try to come and try to keep the program at a low level because they're scared of what can happen if we start getting it, you know, get it going again. So that's the one thing we just have to realize. We got to just be careful out there with what they're doing. You know, just, that's what it is. Because there's violations that's happening every day in every sport, other sports that nobody cares about that's going on. But the two major no sports at the university, they're going to pay attention to. Anyway, uh, let's get into some of these things. And, you know, I enjoyed the victory, 70, you know, it was nice. But um, after watching some of these games over the weekend and just looking at some of these athletes, when we go to the sideline where after they scored and you take a look at their physique and decide how big they were, and, how, you know, we have a long way to still go as far as getting guys in the program that's going to look like some of these dudes. You know, and, and that's 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 a little bit of my concern. That's one of my concerns. Yeah, but I think they're you making know. progress pretty fast, Ross. I mean, that that was a pretty fast-looking team the, the other night. I mean, I thought the defense looked faster than it's looked in years. They, they, they are, they are, they are. And um, what, one one of the things I want to see what's your opinion on this. 
okay, I know we go vanilla offense. We're not trying to show too much. But we did go to one play, and I actually wanted to see how it was executed because we haven't been able to do this in years. On the, the last two coaching staff, we haven't been a really good team on screen plays. We went to a screen place to the left, and it never developed, and we never went back to it. I would like to have seen us go back to that a couple of times because we already had the lead. We had the game under control. I kind of would like to see them work on that a little bit more. Okay. I'm sure you, they will. You agree with that? Yeah, okay, you agree screen, with that? We, we just have yeah, just, we just have the screen's a valuable weapon in a pro-style offense. I, I think you'll see them continue to use it. I just think that we have, we've gone to that over the years, and we haven't used our athletes and our running backs the way we could have. And other teams that's out there, they're executing it game in and game out, and I think that's something that we just need to show. Also, deep balls. Again, we know one of our players did drop the ball, and we never really kind of like we're trying to do vanilla, but that's another thing that we have to make sure we're doing. And, and we, I think we should just go deep a couple of times, more than a couple of times. Just re- well, I think they went we deep three to. times the other night. Which is fine. I mean, yeah, they, I mean they didn't need, they didn't need to go deep more than that. I mean, I mean, obviously Mark Rick believes in going deep. But you know, you, you, the one you talked about was Amon Richards, and he's a true freshman. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I don't know if you remember, but back um, when Stacy Coley was a true freshman and Miami was playing FAU, and Stacy Coley had a couple balls where he was wide open like that and dropped them. And so when Amon Richards dropped those dropped that ball the other night, the first guy that went to talk to him was Stacy Coley, who calmed him down by telling him, hey, man, when I was in your shoes my first game, uh, I dropped two like that right. against FAU. FAU. And, um, was, uh, I yeah. thought that was really yeah, nice. Yeah. I thought that was really nice, you know, if that's a Stacey great, Coley that's a great, did that. That's a great point. That's a great but point. But I don't think yeah. they have hey, to worry about it. Mark Rick believes in the deep ball. All right, a couple other things. Um, the left side – of, uh, even though um, the running back scored, you know, scored on that left side, but the left side of our offense, like the offensive line, are you are you encouraged that we're going to be able to run the ball at that side? I don't know <laughs> until we see it. Again. No, 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 come on, come on, let's no, come on, let's be honest a little bit. I'm still. I think the offensive line is the weakest part of the team. You know, we'll, we'll have to see what happens when the competition gets ramped up. I mean. It's 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 it, you know I mean those guys are battling they're they're trying to get better I think they are but it's 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 the most challenged position on the team probably yeah and 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 be honest with you I never thought I'd be able to say this because the, um, last year he almost got our quarterback killed twice but Adaku didn't look that bad and I don't mean I know it was a mismatch as far as an opponent but I'm just talking the way he's locked in on the block and pushing he actually looked he looks decent he looks better than. The, um, the yeah. kid, um, Saint Pierre. Yeah, he looked like. Him, like he, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't make. I mean, I yeah, I would agree, but I don't make too many judgments over what happened the other night. I mean, Fam, you. No, 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 no. Very, I very, no very, what I'm saying. They, it was they were such an overmatched football team. It was ridiculous. But but despite it, but even I would have seen last year at this time, or even regardless, I don't think he would have been locked in and looked the way he looked there is what I'm trying to say. He actually looked like he's being coached. And, you know, a, a lot a lot of things also we, we're we not we're overlooking is, yes, we came out in the second half and we dominated these guys. And But uh, you know why? Because we was in shape. It's a much better team as far as being in shape. So we could attempt these things and get them done. The teams last year, we couldn't try to do this because we're a jump off sides. We're a false start. 
just being out of shape, not being mentally tough. And I think that's one of the things that we were. We were just mentally tough and we were in shape as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, just, just look a lot better in shape. Yep, no you know, doubt. That's just my opinion on that. You know? All right, Ross, what else you got tonight? A couple of things scared me, on the, scared me a little bit on the defense end, though. We also we got we got kind of like tossed up a little bit on misdirection. We got to be careful with that. I think our safeties are still in the process of trying to learn how to take, you know, take their eyes off of being in the backfield. You know, because we had we had some misdirection plays that kind of like you know against better teams is going to embarrass us. Well, and that, I and mean, that happened. I mean, you're not. This is not going to be a perfect defense. They're they're going to have moments where they give up plays. It doesn't matter what level, you know, it's that type of defense. It's a aggressive. It's what everybody's wanted. Get after people. There's going to be times when they give up big plays, even against Florida A&M. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of concerned me because, they, they, we, you know, we, we kind of like gave up a deep ball over the top there, and it's like yeah. I don't think we should have because we, we, we got our eyes in the backfield, and it was a simple play right in front of us. It's kind of concerning. Um, the the linebacker got hurt on a on a non contact play. It happened you know, sometimes. He got, yeah, he got duped. He got duped on the play, and he tore his ACL. That was just, that was weird. I watched, I went back and I watched it. He never made contact, and he tore his yeah. ACL. Yeah, That's it scary. That's scary. Yeah. All right, man. Well, listen. I, I, you know, watching Florida State last night, I'm, I'm, I'm Gary. I got it. I got to admit, man. I'm a little nervous about the offensive line holding up against 44 and the rest of those boys, but I am tired of keep watching Florida State and a lot of these other teams playing with Miami players. Yeah, they're all over the place. All the guys that got away you saw last night: Dalvin Cook, Matthew Thomas. Looks like he's become a very good player. Yeah, I mean, um, Bob, just, Bo, Bobo just, Wilson is from Miami Columbus High School. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 everybody, you know. everybody that contributes to them, every time they play and they're doing, even the kicker, the kickers, the, the brothers, they're from Miami. This is annoying. I am annoyed by this. And this has to stop. We have to get our players in our uniform and our colors, and we'll see a lot of things change. But anyway, I'm excited. And, um, well, well, so far, so far this year, the better players that are getting away are not going to Florida State. <laughs> let's, 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 They're going to Alabama, well, Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, and we so, got to we got to stop that. And you know what? Uh, I, I, I know parents. I know parents are listening. We've already shouldn't talk bad about kids or anything like that. But hey, a lot of these guys are going to um, Ohio State. That coming back, you know, in trouble or disappointed, so they could keep going over to Ohio State because that guy over there, Mr. Urban Liar. He hasn't been too truthful to him. So you can, you want to leave Miami and go to Ohio State? From what I've been seeing, you're coming back disappointed. There's not a lot of success over it's there. A, it's all cyclical. It goes in cycles. And, you know, as the program gets better and wins games and, and builds on the excitement and has, has people in the stands and all that, I think you'll start seeing some more of the kids uh, right, staying right. home. And they're, they're certainly getting a lot of local commitments now for the next two classes. So um, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's showing signs oh, let me of getting you, let, me you this. let me ask you this. Do you Last think, one, Ross. Go ahead. Be honest. Yeah, last one. How many classes are we behind Florida State? Let's be honest. Are we, we're two classes um, behind them, right? Two or three. Two or three. That doesn't mean you can't beat them, but um, you know they've they've been in the top you know few recruiting classes for five, six, seven years now. You know? So and one yeah. year and one year is because of what was going on in the program, and they took full advantage of that. You know, they took full advantage of that with our kids from down in Miami. They took full advantage for like a year and a half of what was going on. 
in Miami. And I think they're, they're part of the reason why we got in trouble anyway. But I just wanted to see what your opinion on the classes were. I think yeah, yeah, I'd say two, I'd say two or three. But they can only put 22 at a time on the field, so we'll see what happens. All right, Ross. All right. Thank you for being part of the show. We appreciate it. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's continue onward to the 240-240. You are live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? D. Black. What's up, my man? How you been? I think this is the first time you're, you this first time you're calling in this year, isn't it? Now, I called in the uh, last couple times. I just didn't get online. I was just, you know, listening to my Kane brother, and you know, so I was. I, I've been calling and listening. I just, I just haven't gotten on to speak my piece. I wanted to wait till the season started before I did, you know, gave my opinion on things. Well, welcome back. Appreciate it. Now, um. You know, to touch on what like what you were saying earlier about not feeling sorry about them guys, I um I gotta agree with you a hundred percent, Gary, because at the end of the day, if if you know in your gut or you're if you're questioning should you take this or get in this, then just don't do it. At the end of the day, don't do it. If you want to rent a car, go to Enterprise like everybody else and get a rental car. But you driving around in Lamborghinis and Ferraris, come on, man. You raise a suspicion. You don't want to do anything that the university can't cover you for or that you're going to embarrass the university. So that's all I got to say about that. Um, about the game, I was pleased, and everybody said it was FAMU, but we did what we were supposed to do. We, was, we went out there, we were supposed to beat them 70-3 to and put up 42 points in the game. You know, I like the, the tempo. I like the aggressiveness. I like the energy. You know, I like the... The I don't the 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 not quit attitude. Play for four quarters, go hard, have that dog in them. And we haven't seen that around around these parts in quite some time. You know, I think Mark Rick and that staff has got that got a pulse on our team. You know, they Mark Rick is infusing that old Kane soul in them, which we've been lacking. He's infusing that soul back into this program, back into those players, and um. Yeah, I looked at all the college games and a lot of, you know, a lot of stat, a lot of players. They look physically big and all this other stuff, and that's what Al Golden was going with the big look, the big team. But if you look throughout history, you know, we was never really a big team as far as size wise. We was always predicated, especially on defense. We was always predicated on speed, speed and quickness and strength. Size don't equal strength, and I think people get that confused. Size doesn't equal strength. And we was always strong. We always had speed. Um, of course, the offensive line is a work in progress, but I have, personally myself, I have faith in Mark Rick and the offensive line coach. I like how the offensive line coach ripped that offensive lineman when the offensive line when uh, Kaya got sacked. So I appreciate that. But, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm like you. I'm game by game. I want to see progression. I want to see us get better. You know, I want I want to see us get better in the run game, get better in the pass game. You know, on defense, I know, uh, I think I saw on the message board earlier today that Jaquan Johnson was working that linebacker. I don't I don't think that's a bad idea because if you look at the Arizona Cardinals, I think his name is Buchanan, number 20. He weighs like 210 pounds, 220, and he's one of their best, he's one of their best defenders and smallest, and he plays linebacker for them. So 
you know. All right, well, Jaquan Johnson play is about one eighty-five, but you know, when they when they yeah, say but, he's playing linebacker, it's it's in the it's passing situations, nickel packages. Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, like when, he's a real linebacker. There's there's lots of times when you're defending the spread, as you know, when you only play with two linebackers, you bring right. an extra deep to the equation. Yeah. Right, and and I only brought I only brought up the NFL player because I wanted I wanted wanted people to understand. You got an NFL guy that's like two ten, two twenty, playing linebacker in the box, not just on passing downs. He's 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 out there all three downs in the box. So you think somebody that's two ten, two twenty in the NFL, and then you take somebody that's one eighty five, one ninety in college, it's a big difference. The pro game and the NFL game is a big difference. So you know he, I, I just think you know I think he can he can do it since he's only doing on passing downs, but. I mean, I don't have nothing negative to say. I don't have nothing negative to say. I'm not gonna nitpick on, you know, what we're not doing or what. I'm not. I'm not gonna do that because I got. I got a proven coach out there on roaming those sidelines. So I'm not gonna nitpick. You know, of course, I want to see us get better. You know, we got a game this week to improve. I think that game next week, though, when we go to Boone, North Carolina, I think that game is gonna be pivotal. I think that game is gonna be. It, it, they gotta come with the A game. They gotta be seriously. They gotta be focused. Because that stadium is going to be jam packed. I heard it's sellout. It's a blackout. You know, we're the biggest program to come come there. So we got to be on our A game and go up there, silence the crowd, kick kick them in the mouth, then get back home and get ready for for uh, ACC play. But I'm 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 happy with everything I see so far, Gary. Like you just, I'm a piggyback off what you stated earlier. It's just the fastest I've seen the defense around here in a while and aggressive. Something else you you mentioned. Hey, no defense is perfect. No defense at all is perfect. You're going to get beat. When you're aggressive, you're going to get beat. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's, it's football. It's football. Some of our greatest teams got beat. So, I mean, you know, they just got to keep chopping. Keep chopping at the rock. Keep chopping the rock. And I think everything uh, uh end out the way it's supposed to end out, Gary. And that's uh, us being successful and keeping a lot of these um, South Florida boys home to bring back Dave University, our university, back to national prominence. So, Gary, I'm out. I will miss everybody else who will keep me on hold, sir, and I will be calling in every week and hitting one from now on so you and I can rap. To my Kane brothers out there, be easy. All right, Deep Black, thank you as always for being part of the show. Uh, always love when you call in. All right, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show like D Black. And now we're going to go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Good, Gary. How you doing? Doing great. Who's this? Everything 305 checking in with you. What's up, uh, man? I had, a couple of, I had a couple of questions on the recruiting front. Uh, we had a lot of kids on campus and then, uh, well, actually at the game, rather, not on campus on Saturday. Uh, I looked at some of the updates you guys had. Anything in particular that you're getting from uh, from Wilder at this point? Yeah, I mean, we, we think when push comes to shove, he's going to be part of the class. Um, you know, he's kind of going back and forth a little bit with Auburn, and, and Auburn's doing a really good job of recruiting him. And there's members of his family, I think it's his grandmother, that would like to see him leave South Florida and get away and experience something different. Um, you know, he's kind of more torn, you know, pulled towards Miami. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I think when push comes to shove, he'll be part of the class. And, and, if, and if he is part of this class, where do you see him playing? 
uh, more so on the outside of the perimeter, or do you see him actually playing? I, I mean, I to me, he's more of a linebacker than a defensive end. Okay. But you know th- that can change. He could grow. You know, you you, you just don't know. Well, with all the injuries we've had and the lack of quality depth that we have, I'm I'm still going to take at least four or five kids won't be with us next year that are that won't play much this year. Um, given that and the injury situation we've had, some kids that have been dismissed, uh, how many more linebackers do we take right now, and how many more corners should we take? Well, um, let me see. Let me pull up the the list so I have it in front of me here. Um, linebackers, I mean, obviously they've got Steed committed they've um, and, and Jennings committed. Um, so how many more are they going to take? I mean, I would say Wilder would probably be it. Um, okay. You know, I, I, I don't know. You know, they're, they're recruiting a kid in Georgia by the name of Breon Dixon, and um, you know, he's a Georgia decommit. Uh, if he wanted to come and Wilder wanted to come, maybe they would take four. Um, but right now, we're not aware of any other linebackers that they're looking at besides that group. Uh, so I would say, you know, th- three three on the outside, four uh, there. Cornerbacks, uh, um, obviously they've got Bandy committed. Um, you've got Brian Edwards committed that could play either corner or safety. You've got Christopher Henderson uh, committed. Um, I could see them taking maybe, you know, DJ Dallas can play corner if they choose to put him there, and and, and, and that's been talked about. So, I'd say maybe maybe one more. I mean, I think if Amari Carter from Palm Beach wanted to come, that they would take him. Um, yeah, I kind but, of think both Amari and Brian are, are more natural at free safety than they are at corner. Um, yeah. They don't really have the uh, – they're kind of stiff. Uh, their hips aren't where they need to be. To, I mean, it, their agility isn't where it needs to be to defend people at this level. So the, the other question I, I was going to bring out of the current kids that are freshmen – um, how many do we think are going to develop that are on par or on pace to develop uh, and to be able to fit in next year? Because honestly, Gary, uh, the name of this game is being able to defend the pass. It's no longer about worried about the run uh, in, in the ACC and the Colts. So everybody's throwing it. Everybody's spreading you out. Everybody's throwing it. So we need to have at, at least, I think, another two cornerbacks in, in, uh, in this class that can fit that mold. And hopefully some big corners. Because we're seeing some big wide receivers these days. So you know, you're asking, you want me to talk about the young DBs and who I think will pan out? Um, yeah, I, I, Malik Young, without question, I think is going to pan out and, and and be a very good player. Uh, I don't really have an opinion yet on Cedric Wright. Just haven't seen enough. You know, he came in late, and and you know, I don't know that he'll have a chance really to do a lot this season. Uh, you know, we'll have to really probably evaluate him in the spring uh, more so. Um, you know, I think Redwine, who's a sophomore, is a decent player. Um, I don't know that he's a great player, but, uh, you know, he'll obviously play a lot here in his last three years. Um, Ryan Mays, uh, you know, I, I think it's a little challenged as a, as a corner. I was happy to see him make a contribution the other night on special teams. Um, you know, I think that's where he can make his mark in the program. Uh, Robert Knowles is a safety. He's a redshirt freshman. He's coming on. You're going to see him play a lot this year. 
Um, I think Jaquan Johnson as a sophomore is now starting to explode. You're, the coaches, you could tell, really believe in him. They're giving him a lot of responsibility. I think you could feel real good about um, Jaquan Johnson. Um, Jeff James, haven't seen enough of. You know, I think he's uh, he's a bit away. He's uh, going to be a lot of work. Um, Michael Jackson, even though he's kind of speed challenged, he's a sophomore. I think you'll see him start to play a, a lot more this year. You saw him out there the other night. Uh, Romeo Finley is a freshman that I like a lot. Uh, I think in time he's going to be a very good player. I uh, had a few interceptions in, tra- in training camp. So, um, and then the other young guy is Terrence Henley, who is just to me too small. I, I, don't, I don't think he'll ever. I don't think he'll ever be a major contributor. So, I mean, they're in okay shape at DB, but you notice they're recruiting the position really, really hard. They've got some really good players coming in. So, you know, I think, you know, by the time they get done with this recruiting class at DB, that you could feel pretty good about where the position is. Yeah, I, I would I would just like to get a, an actual true corner, uh, someone that's got the game experience that Bandy has with size. That's the big thing I'm looking for uh, that I haven't seen yet. I know, you know, a couple of people think Edwards can play that position, but and Carter possibly too. But I think we just need to get a little bit better, a little bit more of a refined player out there. Um, the most important recruit, the most important local recruit, uh, I always want to get an update on him. I haven't heard anything this week. Someone I didn't know if he was at the game is Navon Donaldson. Do you have any updates on him? No, that's going to be a hold your breath till signing day. Uh, you know, obviously he's been committed to Miami for a long time, uh, but I don't feel that it's secure by any means. I, I, you know, I could see that one falling apart, uh, and they really need to keep him. And, and that, you know, that that's going to be a hold your breath till signing day. Well, well, hopefully we can hang in there and, and get him because I, I think he's the one recruit that comes in for sure next year and starts as a true freshman. Yeah, he uh, might. given the line we have, I, I think he's the guy that comes in right away, and he's more polished than the other kid that we have that's playing left tackle right now, came in from Central as well, and. Uh, he's, he's the closest thing, I, I, not different position, but he's the closest thing I've seen that can come in. I say, well, in three years, that kid probably is going to be playing on Sundays. Uh, I just never seen a kid like this coming out of this area in a long I time. Agree. I agree. Mean, he's the best offensive line town. prospect from South Florida I've seen, and I can't remember uh, maybe since the days of, like, you know, Vernon Carey, who obviously would have fallen into that class. Um, well, it was bright but, in spring. I mean, I mean, it just he just he just he has it all. I mean, his feet are so yeah. quick. He's a, he I mean, has, Linder had a nice career, but but yeah, he's um he, he he's he's pretty darn good. He's it. All right, Gary, have right. a great one. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show as always. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the two five six. You're live on King Sport Live. So what's going on, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? Oh, this is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? Welcome to the show. What you got for us tonight? Uh, shit, just a couple of quick questions. Uh, I don't know if you've answered any of these yet or not, but uh, so what exact kind of defense are we allegedly running this year with all the linebacker injuries? Is it a 4 5 or? Well, no, I mean, they're, they're running a 4-3, but um, you got to remember, in today's football, I mean, most of the teams you play run variations of the spread offense, and, and, and you're in nickel 
probably 65% of the time anyway. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of times when there's two linebackers on the field and um, the rotation will be, you know, Quarterman um, with Pinckney and McLeod. Those are the three that will get the the greater majority of the snaps. And, um, you know, then you're going to see Jaquan Johnson in that nickel role where he, he lines up a lot kind of as, as a linebacker, but he's really a nickel back. And, um, I, you know, I think you're going to see that 60% of the time. And the rest of the time, I think you'll see them in a 4-3. Okay. All right, quick, another quick question, man. All right, so with this whole car rental situation or whatever, how is it that we got caught up for renting, for these guys renting cars, and all these other schools have been getting caught up with guns and marijuana charges, and they players just get suspended for a game, or in Alabama's case, nothing happens. I was. What's, what is all that about? Is it just my, the it's, hate for Miami? I, is that real? No. What? No, I think it's the price you pay for being on probation. You know, you have no margin of error. You got to show that you're being compliant. Uh, when players step out of line, you have to show that you're dealing with them forcefully and and decisively. And uh, I think that's what the University of Miami did, had no choice but to do. Hey, Dan. All right. Uh... That's pretty much all I got right now. Uh, all right, man. Thank, thank you for being part have of the show. Good night, man. And uh, yep. One more thing, Gary. I called you a bunch of times last year, man. And you know, I know it's just fam you, but obviously everybody feels like you know Rick is gonna get this program back. And you know we're on our way, man. And you know I, I tell my brother and a bunch of other Alabama fans. I gave him the number to the show, and I told him to tune in. I don't know if they're listening or not, but if you are listening, we're coming for you, okay? Just just know that. We're coming for you, all right? Have a good night, man. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> Thanks for being part of the show. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm sure those Alabama fans are loving Kane Sport Live. Let's go to go the 757, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Well, well, well. If it ain't Gary himself. What's up, baby boy? Who's this? Oh, man, you give me that crap. Who's this? Come on, man. I called last week. Kane, Kane won. Nobody hey, likes me. What's up, Everybody Kane? loves me. Hey, man, let me, <laughs> let me break it down real quick. Here's how we're going to do this. We're going to do it real fast. All right, we whipped their butt. Beat them down. Okay. Yitty, yitty, ha, ha, whatever. So my man Charles and Harold, more so Charles, they're getting upset with me because I said, hey, man, App State look good. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, Man, you know, I said, I'm not hearing y'all, man. They went to Tennessee and put up a hell of a fight. Now, whoever watched football, no football, they got to understand. No, nah, that quarterback ain't better than Kaya by no stretch of the imagination. But App State put on a damn show. So the biggest school coming there now is Miami. Like D. Black said, hey, D. Black, you ain't getting no shout-out. I'll get you butt later. They better bring the game. They have to bring the game. The running backs look good. The young boys were flying. We only had two penalties. It's the best I've seen penalties in a long, long time. So I'm very happy. But our true game is APP State, period. That's when it starts. And guess what? It's a gauntlet after that. It don't get no easier. So let's see what the boys do. We high and mighty. We happy we won. Yeah, okay, fam, you whoopie-doo. Look like a high school team to me. Look at the jerseys. I ain't knocking them, but that's just real talk. Bring your A game to App State, and I ride you all the way out. Till next Tuesday, I'm out. Peace, Gary. Roll on. All right. 
All right, Kane Kane, I'm with you on those jerseys. I, I don't understand what fam you was thinking with those jerseys. <laughs> but uh, I guess when, you, when you're as overmatched as they were in that game, it doesn't really matter that much. Let's go out to the 8-5-0. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, is that me, Gary? That's you, man. Who's this? Hey, hey, it's Travis up here in Tallahassee. What's up, Travis? Welcome back. Hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, I don't have much to say tonight. I, I just wanted to say it just feels good to be proud to be a Kane again, you know, like where you can actually hold your head up high, especially here in Tallahassee where we got all these retards. Um, <laughs> the game was great. The one thing I really noticed was overall team speed. Um, it looked in strength and conditioning and everything like that. It, it just looked like we're we're taking the right steps to getting back to where we need to be. Uh, not necessarily that we're there yet, but you know we're getting there. Like, <laughs> also, pretty much the last thing I got is just uh, stadium looked good. You know, especially filled out with all the people there. Any of you guys that attended the game and are listening, thank you for showing up. We finally looked good on national television. I guess it's even though it's ESPN three or whatever, but. You know, the 30 or 40 or 50,000 people that were there, the stadium looked phenomenal. So, really, overall, I'm just I'm thrilled where the direction of this program is going. I wish we could keep our linebackers uh, healthy the rest of the, the season. And uh, any updates you ever got on Darian Owens, let us know. Because, I mean, I, I feel like we're, we're kind of waiting for him this season now, you know, with all the departures and that kind of sucks. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk let, let's talk about the linebackers for a minute. It was one of the topics that was uh, submitted several times um when the posters on the message boards uh sent them in for tonight. So, let's take a minute and and, and talk about some of the questions that that came up and um obviously a lot of concern about the depth at linebacker and and, and what's going to happen now and I I think Darian Owens is the key to the whole thing. Now, you know, we don't think Based on watching him for the last, uh, you know, five weeks or so, um, you know, we don't think he's really that close to being really ready, but uh, they're going to need him to, to, to come fast. And uh, they put him at number two on the depth chart for this week, which means that he'll probably play a little bit uh, this, this weekend against FAU. And um, we'll have to see. I mean, to our eye, he's still running with a limp and, and, and just doesn't look – he doesn't look right, you know, but uh, – don't want to judge too much till we see him in a game and maybe we'll get a chance to do that uh this weekend but um you know i i, I think another stop gap guy if they get to that point where they need it uh would be trent harris uh, i think he always has the capability of dropping back and and, and helping out at linebacker yeah, he's that uh, tweener anyways that michael sam type of guy that coach cool's used to and he can you know experiment a little bit with him too bad he has the yeah, club on his hand though yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, but but you know, I don't think we're at that point just yet. Uh, you know, I think that they know that they're going to be using nickel quite a bit this season. So uh, I don't think they're at the point where they're moving him back yet. Um, but that you know, that's always an option. But uh, you know, linebacker is going to be hold your breath here for the rest of the season. Really? I don't because th- the behind the true freshman and Darian Owens, we have what Perry Smith and McRae, and that's it for linebackers. Yeah, and I don't feel good about any of those three as frontline. <laughs> no, players. no, Smith can kind of hold his own on on backup duty, mop up duty, but the other he, he two, can, yeah, he can when the level of competition is what it is right now. Right, you know, right. He, he can, when it's FAMU, FAU, maybe App State, 
he can he can he can hold his own for a play here or there and, and stuff like that. Yeah. If you're having to count on him to play 30, 40 snaps against Florida State or North Carolina or something, you know that that's where it it, it could get a little dicey. Well, since you just brought that up, I just on my last point of the night. Everybody watched that FSU game last night. They're crap. We can all tell. You know, if you got a good game plan, you can come up on them real quick. And they got nothing behind that freshman um, quarterback. So if you take him down, it's over for their season pretty much. That Sean McGuire guy ain't nothing. But I don't know if anybody was watching. I have never seen a left tackle get put on his ass. More times in a game than that game right there. The 77 for Florida State, whoever that guy was, I just hope that Chad Tom- Thomas is foaming at the mouth, waiting just to annihilate this guy because he was the most pathetic lineman. Like, they could have put Alex Gall out there for FSU, and they would have been way better off than whoever the hell they had there. That was insane. I've I just never seen that before. And Really, I, I hope that that our team, our coaches, are already focusing in on that because it was just – it was mind blowing to me. Beyond the fumble of Dalvin Cook, just watching this six foot seven guy get thrown around. I mean, he got manhandled like pretty much the whole game. So, thanks for having me on. Great to have the show. I'll give you a call next week, Gary. Appreciate your time. No, so Travis, th- thanks for calling in as always. All right, let's go down to the three zero five home of the U. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Is that me? That's you. Um. Hi, Gary. Um. My name's Adam. Who's this? Um, I have a couple questions. Um, On an article earlier, you mentioned a recruit named Carney. Do you think there's room in the class for him? Not right now, there's not. No, they took uh, took a commitment from Jonathan Garvin, and I think Carney's been told that, that right now there's not a spot. You know, they'll stay in touch. But... Right now, it doesn't look like there's going to be a spot for him. Uh, okay. Um, also, I don't know if people discuss this, but I watched some of the App State-Tennessee game on Thursday. App State scares the crap out of me. Because if Miami comes in like they did last year against Cincinnati and just thinks they're going to win, I can't see us winning up in Boom. You know, well, they're they're scrappy as heck. They're, you you're gonna get 150 percent effort. It's gonna be the biggest event in the history of Boone. Okay, so you know yeah. the, you know those things going in. Um, here's the bottom line: If Miami comes to play, I think they win the game handily because I don't think that App State's gonna be able to deal with the speed on the Miami roster. I think it's better than Tennessee. I think Miami's got a lot more weapons on offense. I think they've got a better a better a better passing game than what Tennessee has by far. And I don't think there's even a comparison. And as long as they don't take the game lightly and they show up and they prepare and they come to play, um I, I personally think Miami will win that game by, you know, two, three touchdowns. Really? Wow. Well, because, I mean, App State looked really good against Tennessee, and obviously going from the golden era when we should have beaten Cincinnati by three touchdowns last year. Yeah, I agree. You, 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 listen, I'm not saying you can't blow games. I'm just saying yeah. I just I think Miami has too many athletes on offense for that team. Oh, okay. Um, another question. Obviously, um, last year we beat Bethune-Cookman, I think, 45 nothing in the opener. Um, do you see a difference between last year's team, even after the first game and this year's team? I know it's just one game against an under 
an yeah, overmatched I mean, opponent. I thought the defense looked faster than 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 the defense has looked in a while. Um, and I thought the team was just really efficient. You know, they it was it was it was a professional operation. You know, from from top to bottom. You know, they were organized. Um, they played hard. They, you know, there you didn't see a lot of mental busts out there. You didn't see a lot of stupid penalties or anything like that. It was just a very clean, well-oiled machine, which is for the first game of the year. I mean, that's, I thought it was pretty darn good. Also, um, did, did Jeff James play a lot? I saw that he played last week, but or on Saturday, but I didn't don't know if he played a lot in the fourth quarter. I do not think he played a lot, no. Okay. I mean, I, I, I think it was limited to the last quarter. Uh, and uh, my final question, what's the rule on redshirting? Because could we, like, play Travis Homer another two games and then just redshirt him for the rest yeah, of the they, year? Yeah, they, they could, they, they could but, but I think you're going to see him stick out the whole year. He, he might be their best player on special teams. They, they love that okay. kid, and, and, and he's, you know, he's doing a lot of things. And, and uh, even though they don't really need a fourth running back right now, I think he's contributing so much on special teams uh, that they'll go ahead and continue to play him for the year. Listen, let's face it. There's so many running backs every year in the state of Florida. If you got a kid that can contribute in any way, shape, or form, there's no reason to redshirt. Okay. Um, I mean, you, yeah. you should be able to recruit great running backs every year at Miami. Yeah. Oh, um, last question. I heard, is Chris Henderson wavering at all? to go to Florida because I've heard some rumors that he might be looking to flip to Florida or something. I there, think there this were is on a Gator. Yeah, there there have been rumors along those lines. Um, he hasn't done it yet, though. Uh, and Miami's doing very well at that high school. So, you know, you just got to hope that they can hold on to him. Okay. I mean, I think it's better now with both Joe committed and Bandy. Yeah. And I mean, he's, any, he's a good player. I'm more concerned about Henderson. Uh, you know, to uh, me, I mean, not Henderson, Donaldson. I mean, Donaldson to me is the biggest concern right now in, uh, in the recruiting class. Okay. And is there any word if Rodney Scott will come back to the class? I don't think so. I think they dropped him. They, you know, they, they're just recruiting better. Oh, okay. Um, and last thing, do you see Mike Hartley coming into the class? At the end of the day, probably not. Uh, I mean, you know, that's a guy that if they have a spot at the end, they might grab. But uh, I think they're trying to recruit bigger receivers. So like Holloman out of Georgia, receivers like that? Yeah. I mean, I think they're just trying to recruit bigger, more physical guys. And, and, you know, you got to remember, you've got Sam Bruce for the next few years. You've got Berrios for another year. Um. You know, you don't want to yeah. overload your brother with small receivers. Oh, okay. Well, thanks, Gary. Have a great rest you got of the it. show. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Um, let's go out now to hit the number one on your keypad, by the way, if you want to come on the show. And let's see where we're at, where we're at here. Um I gotta find my place on, on this crazy queue that's uh, bouncing all over the place on me, and uh, we'll go to the next call. Let's go to the uh, let's see here. 
Um, let's go to the 813. There we go. You're live on King Sport Live. Sorry about that. The queue was bouncing all over the place, people coming on and off. So, um, well, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Gary. How are you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Andre from Tampa. What's up, hey, Andre? Uh, how you? Before, I'm doing good. I want to start off and say um, when I went to the game, the stadium was beautiful. It was it was electrifying. It was nice. But the next day, you know, I wanted to, you know, me and my wife and kids went around to University of Miami just to walk around and just look at, you know, look at the school and everything. And three football players just was walking by. And I want to commend the young man because my son is a big Miami fan with me. And first I thought they go walk by. But then when they see my son, my son said, hey, hey, Gus Edwards, Jamal, and uh, Ajoku. And they came up to my son to take pictures. You know, they was, they was giving him high five. They was throwing the U sign. And I'm telling you, it just made his day. It made my day and my, my, my family day. And I just want to commend them young men for being just, you know, not just athletes and students, but just great men, not to overlook little kids that looks up to them, to them, and, and just, just, just marvel them just being players and students at Miami. You know what I mean? I, I just want to commend them young men for just, just being young men that day to my son, and they're almost late for the meeting. <laughs> and my wife said, "What y'all got to be at? Oh, we got to be in the meeting. And my wife said, you need to get on to y'all meeting right now because I don't want y'all doing up down because of and But they're like, you know, we want to make sure the little kid is taken care of. And I just want to commend My son is 12 years old, but I just want to commend, you know, them, them young men for just making our day, you know, and my son's day because he hasn't stopped talking about it. Um, oh, that's great. That's a great story. You know, yeah. So, uh, but you know, um, I, I, you know, I, I like what Mark Rich is doing. I mean, when I went to the game, I just want to see how the team go react, how how they go play. If they just go say, okay, this is Florida A and M, we we don't care. Uh, we go get penalties. We just go take cheap shots. We, you know, some teams like that. You know, they get a lesser opponent. They just want to blow them up, make their stuff. But man, I can, I, I just like the way Mark Rich and the host had them playing and the way they, uh, way they was hustling and not jumping off sides. You know, and just they just look like a totally different team to me out there. And I'm not as worried. I know we got some young linebackers, but some young linebackers look pretty good. They look better than some of the linebackers I've seen on TV this weekend. You know what I mean? So for having freshman linebackers out there make plays and tackle, I know it's FAMU, but they just look better than a lot of play coaches and, I mean, linebackers I've seen from last Saturday to this Saturday. So, I mean, from last Saturday. So um, I thought that was pretty good. The coaching was good. The stadium was good. Uh, but how do you – I mean, how do you think that 
a right tackle look this game? I mean, I thought he was fine, but again, I'm not making those judgments off of the FAMU game. I mean, Fam FAMU was just way too overmatched. Can't evaluate like that. You can evaluate effort, you can evaluate speed, things like that that you saw, but you can't evaluate players and how they're going to hold up against good competition and stuff. Totally impossible. Well, okay, but see, what I'm saying is you had Donald, I mean, you had Sonny in there, okay, and then when Sonny went out, they put the, oh, I can't think of that kid's name, uh, uh, they put the other tackle in there, and he got beat as soon as he got in there. Tyree so, St. I Louis. mean, yeah, yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, he got beat. As soon as he got in there, he got beat. And we know that from the start. We're like, hey, where's Sonny at? And we have never, ever said that. As a, I mean, I was around people. They're like, where did Sonny go at? Why did they take him out? I never heard that before because they're like, man, take Sonny out the game, man. He he always make a mistake. But I heard people like, man, why did they take Sonny out? Leave him in the game. He's our best right tackle we have. And, and I, I, I mean, he to me, he looked good. He like he was in his step. I mean, maybe the light comes on. Maybe the light come on for a lot of kids. But I just want to, you know, I don't want to take too long, but I just want to get on the radio and commend uh, them three young men, David, Jamal, and uh, Gus Edwards, the man, though. Gus is the man. So I just want to commend them young men. You got it, man. Hey, th- thank you for sharing that story with us. Thank you. Have a great night. All right, guys, uh, great moment right now to take and talk for a, a minute about one of our most loyal sponsors of Kane Sport Live and um, an operation that we're all going to be able to interact with here as the football season kicks into overdrive, and uh, that is FanDuel.com. And uh, fantasy football fans, this is it. It's finally opening week of the NFL regular season, and that means that FanDuel is back. And that also means that the Kane Sport League on FanDuel is back. FanDuel packs a full season of excitement into just one week because every week you pick a new team and players that you want, and you just stay under the salary cap. And that's right, you never have to worry about losing your quarterback to injury or missing out on your favorite players. Plus, this year, FanDuel has upgraded your entire experience because they think that you deserve to enjoy everything that sports has to offer, like beginner contests. That's right, beginner contests created for new players only to help you learn the ropes of fantasy football. Or you could try a 50-50 contest where the top half win cash prizes. You can settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head contest. Or you could try out FanDuel's new Friends Mode where you play against your buddies with a brand new lineup every week. And then, of course, that brings us to the Kane Sport League, which you can access at FanDuel.com forward slash Kane, where members of Kane Sport and listeners of Kane Sport Live can compete against each other every week. There's a contest for every fan and every budget, starting at just $1. So what are you waiting for? Have all that fantasy football has to offer. FanDuel will make you sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and use our code Kane. C-A-N-E. You deposit today, and you will get five free entries 
to NFL beginner contests. You'll get one free entry a week, five weeks in a row. They're 50-50 contests where the top half of players win cash prizes. Don't forget to use our code CANE, C-A-N-E, for five free entries. Void where prohibited. And also don't remember to go to FanDuel.com forward slash Kane and join us in fantasy football in the Kane Sport Live League at FanDuel. FanDuel.com, which adds a lot of excitement to your football weekend. And I know I love playing fantasy football, and I'm sure many of you do as well. So um, go ahead and get your account at FanDuel.com and begin enjoying it today. All righty, let's go out now to the 407. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? It's Freddie. Hold on real quick. Let me take it off, Gary. What's up, man? Um, first question I got, uh, what's what's uh, going with the indoor foot practice facility? Are they going to make an announcement on it, or is it yeah, they're just finalizing contracts with the lead donor, uh, and I, I think that you'll see it announced um, in the next couple of weeks, and I think you'll see a public presentation at the Florida State game. Okay, and after watching that Florida State game and Notre Dame game, um, I know it's the first game, a lot of teams working out their kinks, but how do you feel Miami lines up against those teams? You know Notre Dame, it's 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 really tough. I mean, they they struggled a little bit and, and showed some vulnerability, but you know they're going to get better here over the next month and a half or so. And you know that's going to be a very tough game up there in South Bend. They get they have a lot of athletes on that team. Florida State, same thing. You saw how good they were once they got their act together. I mean, those those are two very very good football teams, and Miami's going to have to be at its best to be in the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I took it. I watched it with a few of the Florida State fans. So, you know, the first half I was talking trash to them, and I had them ran all over them all. So the second half they kind of got the best of me on social media. But, you know, we just all been going at it. They were talking about we'd be the high school football team. So I just made a joke with them. I said, well, y'all know growing up in the 90s, uh, when a black person talked back to their mama, you know, they get a beat down. So when we be the high school team, but you call that a beat down, you know. <laughs> but it was just good to see, you know, Miami actually, you know, play football. Yes, it was a subpar opponent. But, you know, again, like I told them, you know, we've been struggling against these teams. We're whooping them, but it's at the last seconds we pull away and win 46-23 or something. So it was good to see Miami back play, you know, when they got a team like that on, they go ahead and they handle business, you know, or whatever. And uh, just uh, recruiting, um, anything special going on in recruiting? Uh, are we pretty – our class going to be kind of like chilled up? I know we'll get a few more players, but yeah, I, you, you uh, we won't get any – you don't see a lot of commitments during the season. You know, kids are into their seasons. Miami's into theirs. And um, things usually slow down a little bit in that regard during the football season. Okay. Uh, I think that's kind of it. You keep me on hold. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go back out to the 407, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? That's you. What's up? Who's this? All right, Earl. 
What's up, man? How you doing this evening? What do you got for us? Not much, not much. Um, much a couple of com- um, comments. I heard um, earlier about um, uh, pretty much that you know the defense. You know, um, I think one person was talking about how the safeties were. Look, I, I just have to. You know, sometimes you wonder if any, if some of these players ever play football themselves. But I, I'm not here to attack anybody. But what what I do got to say is no defense, and I did hear somebody say this, no defense is ever perfect. You know, even Alabama's defense is going to make mistakes. No, no, I don't care if you're the number one defense on the, on, on in college football and NFL, you're going to make some mistakes. I think what we should have looked at as fans, what we should have noticed is the speed. I don't know. I, maybe it's me, but it was the, the, the players just look much, much, much more faster and much quicker. You know, and and that's just that's what I saw. That's what I noticed. And that's the positive that I saw. And so when we nitpicking as far as I mean, they scored three points on us. You know, three points. Yeah. And every and no matter what, how sorry a team is or how sorry you think a team is gonna be, they're gonna put a they're gonna put at least one drive together against even some of the best defenses. They're gonna put a drive a good drive together or whatever. So that's gonna happen. You know, it's it's disappointing. I will say that it's disappointing. You don't want to see it, but it's but it's gonna happen. I don't care how good of a defense you are. Um, but the question, um, the, I will say one of one of the things that's concerning. I think everybody knows this is the linebacker course. It's like we just keep losing them, whether it be through um, getting kicked off a team or injury. It's like now we got three players who are actually um, three linebackers who are actually you know. Except for Golden Year, Gold, I can't even say his name, Golden Year or whatever, um, who had experience, playing experience, um, two of the three, you know. So that's kind, of, that kind of hurts. Um, but um, I think we're gonna be okay. The three freshman linebackers, they to me, they they played decent, they played well. But it is against FAMU. I will say that um, it was against FAMU. I think FAU is a better is a better um, um, team, so we'll have a, a better understanding of. You know, hey, if we do the same thing to FAU, then we might have something real, even though FAU is not that great of a team. But they're a better barometer. To me, they're a better um, measuring stick than FAMU is. Um, and then Appalachian State is definitely going to let us know where we're at once, 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 we, go up, once we go up there. Um, so that's basically all I wanted to say. I have any questions. I just had a couple comments. That's it. Let's keep me on hold. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Uh, let's go back up to Tallahassee area. And the eight five zero, you're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, going twice. All right, man, you're gonna have to call back. Sorry about that. Let's go to the six seven eight. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. That's you. Hey, what's going on, Gary? It's Kane's Junkie. Hey, what's up, Junkie? How you, uh, how your holiday was? Everything was good for you. Yeah, yeah, everything's great. Hey, man, when the Canes Nation's happy, I'm happy. Man, okay, I know we play FAMU, and everybody say this and say that, but what you what I took away from it, um, how how clean the game was on both sides of the ball, uh, being able to, to execute what you're supposed to do, that's what you can take from a team that's like FAMU. I wasn't looking at, you know, uh, how this team, how our O line was pushing the D line, or how our D line was pushing the O line, because that's you know you expect that with a lesser opponent. But the the 
the play design, the scheme, like the running plays, like how we attack a defense. When I when, we were, when I was looking at how Mark Walton and you know how the running backs like hit, they want to hit you in the mouth, run downhill, and that's going to set up play action. Like we never we didn't even get to see play action. We didn't even get to see the tight ends get worked in because we were just running downhill and with a lesser opponent, you don't have to do that much passing. But what I was looking at was the the, the scheme, what Mark Rick wanted to do. What what how how we'll attack a team with you know, from a running standpoint, like something that we really haven't been doing, um, you know, in the few years, like just running downhill, high formation, pounding the football coming right at you, right live and direct. And on defense, we want to swarm to the ball. It's like men getting to the ball. As soon as they were catching the ball, wide receivers catching the ball, uh, getting tackled right on the spot. Uh, Johnson coming up, making sound tackles, like the linebackers making sound tackles. And that's, like, that's all I really took from it, how we play as a team, you know, how we execute the scheme and everything like that. Speed. I mean, you, we can't really see if the team really fast because, you know, fam, you won't be as fast as us. So, you know, to see if, how fast you are, you have to play a team that's fast. Like, if you're playing a team that's slower than you and not athletic as you are, of course you're going to look faster, you're going to look stronger, you're going to look bigger and all that. But So I didn't really see how fast. I can't really say how fast our defense looked. But they did swarm to the football. But when they got there, they picked people up, they wrapped people up, and they put them on the ground. And and that's what, you know, I like to see. No penalties, killing drives. I didn't see Mark Walton get touchdowns called back. I didn't see uh, Berrios run a punt back, and then somebody got hit in the back. You know, that's what I was looking for more, more so than anything. How will we perform? How will we execute the game plan? How will we execute the scheme? And that's what impressed me the most, you know. Moving forward, yep. you know, I guess FAU will be a better opponent. I don't see us not putting 50 up on them. Uh, uh, the game, Appalachia State, I mean, Tennessee known for that. But Tennessee came, what, got beat by uh, Western Kentucky not too long, last year or two years ago in the early game. Yeah, Western Kentucky has always been a been a good team for several right, years now. But see that but that's Tennessee though. You know, so I don't look into that. Like Tennessee blew lead after lead. Uh they Yeah, I wasn't been, very impressed but, with Tennessee. Yeah. So Appalachia State, I don't see us not putting forty nine up on them because the way Mark Rick wanna run our offense, we're gonna hit you right in the mouth. We run it right ISO off tackle. You know, not a whole lot of sweeping, not a whole lot of running. You know, the stretch read, the stretch play is designed for cutback. But if you can get to the corner, you get to the corner, but it opens up a natural cutback lane. But we still, even when we stretch run, it's still a possibility to turn up and go downhill. And, and a lot of teams ain't going to be able to, you know, you have to have the, the classes, the, the great recruiting classes to be able to match that. And Florida State, I mean, Florida State don't look – They, I mean, they looked okay from a – you know, when Ole Miss got away from what they were supposed to do. But seeing Florida State get hit right in the mouth, I don't think they're going to be able to stop what we do. Even when Homer came into the game, you know, he popped through there and fumbled the ball, but he was still, what, 15, 12 yards down the field. Yeah. No yeah, doubt. So I, you know, 
that's what I took away from it, man. I was impressed. Um, I was impressed with the scheme on both sides. I was impressed with the execution. I was in, I was impressed with the, the sound. You know, they didn't make minimal mistakes. They didn't kill it um, themselves. And it was a clean, that, professional man, operation top to bottom. That's, that's the way I described it. That's three more wins in my to me. I feel like we'll win three more games just based off that alone from what we did last year. And that's well, all I really have. Well, that that'd make everybody excited. All right, thank you for being part of the show and uh, give us a call again uh, next week. All right, uh, 646-595-2048, 646 Hit the number one on your keypad. And if you come on the show, just know that there's a guy on the message boards who goes by the name Shell Dog. And um, Shell Dog is an expert on people calling in to talk shows. So he's going to be evaluating your performance here on Kane Sport Live and posting about it. So keep that in mind if, when you come on the show. And let's go out now to the 786 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Who's this? Jerry? Yes, sir. Yeah, how you doing? This is John from Miami. What's up, John? Welcome to the show. Good, Gary. Uh, one thing: Are we overreacting because it's uh, FAMU? I mean, I know it, it. Pretty much, it was a college game, but going against a high school team. I mean, are we a little excited too much, even though we played a very inferior no. team? I don't think it. I no, I don't think there's anything wrong with being excited. I just think that, like I. Like I said, I think you just got to keep it in perspective. You have to understand that you can't really evaluate a lot of things in a game like that. You have to, you know, keep, keep what you're getting excited about simple. And, uh, you know, and I, and I think the last caller really summed it up pretty good. I, I think what you're most excited about is the cleanliness of the game and, and how professional the whole operation looked. You know, not a lot of stupid mental busts, not a lot of penalties. It was, it was clean, sharp, crisp. The tackling was good. You know, I think those are the things that you can look at and, and be real excited about. Uh, did, did you find out how good your team's really going to be when the competition gets tougher? No. Right. No, I agree with it. The cleanliness is gonna, just going to – those penalties, that we're just going to win games on that. Now, I was watching the Noles game yesterday, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. I'm not too impressed with that coach, Jim uh, Fisher. Everybody talks so highly of him. I uh, for the studs that they have there, for all the five stars and four stars that they recruit year after year, to be uh, playing the way they are, um, I really don't think he takes the best out of them. Um, I personally think I wish they would have lost that game, but you know. And same thing with uh, Alabama. They just reload. I mean, you could put any anybody on that sideline. You're gonna win just with the athletes that you have. It's you know, it's sad that majority of those majority, especially at Florida State, a lot of those guys come from down here. Like you said, once we get them down here to stick, once they believe in the program, once they believe in what Mark is doing down here, uh, hopefully they decide to stay home, man. And you will, you know, we'll bring the back, we'll bring the you back to where it used to be. But uh, no, it's, he- show, it's headed um, in the right direction. That that we can feel pretty comfortable about good i'm glad and um one last thing um thank you for uh having us man you, you run a terrific show and uh we appreciate you uh, oh no we we appreciate you too thank you for the for, the, for the kudos there i just hope the fans remember how excited we are about winning when we lose a game that's just not go eight wall and you know jump off the bandwagon ah that's, that's being a football thing. fan 
You, 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 when your team loses, you got to go nuts. <laughs> uh, but you got to be loyal, too. Yes, sir. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the right, show. Take care. You got it. All right, let's go to the 954 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? This is Ryan from uh, Plantation. What's up, Ryan? How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. First, I want to say thank you for um, for the website. We appreciate that. I know I certainly do get my daily Kane's fix. And thanks for the show. The show, the format of the show is going really well. Keeping callers, thank you for participating, uh, man. You know, we, we appreciate all you guys. Thank you. Glad to be a part of it. Um, I, I just tuned in at 9 o'clock. I had a meeting, so I'm not sure if you touched on this earlier. I wanted to get an injury update and a couple of updates real quick on some other players. Um, any news on Cortell Jenkins? Uh, yeah, we, 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 he's, he's clearly a little nicked up. We're not sure if he's going to play this weekend or not. They haven't, they haven't said yet, um, but he's, he's clearly a, uh, nicked up. We just don't have a definitive um, verdict on that one yet. Um, I, we, it looks like Moten is going to probably miss this week again, uh, unless something miraculous happens here the next few days. Uh, people have been concerned with Stacy Coley. He's a little nicked up, but he was a full participant in practice today, and we don't expect him to miss any time. So for the most part, the team came through the game other than Jamie Gordner uh, in pretty decent shape. Okay, yeah, and that, that was that was again my. Well, I was at the game and I was with my dad and, and my wife and, uh, and our daughter. And, and one of the biggest things I took away was I was like, man, this is the best part about this game is that we came out healthy. But that was before, you know, being at the game, I didn't have the updates on what was going on with uh, Gordon Ear, uh at the time. So I was kind of heartbroken. When I uh, when I checked on the site and saw that he was out for the season, um, I feel like that's a, a hard hit to our already depleted linebacker core. Keep my fingers crossed for the rest of the season that uh, we get a little lucky and uh, and don't have any more uh, serious injuries. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about what's um what's the status of Jahair Jones? Is he? I mean, we haven't heard anything of him. And and last year he was a a JUCO transfer. I thought he was going to be somebody that was going to going to really do something good on the, on the O-line. Yeah, I think they just miscalculated a little bit there. And, um, you know, they, they were desperate for big bodies. They, they had a chance to sign him late. They took him. But is, is he really a Miami-level player? You know, probably not. You know, he, he's not in the mix right now to really play a whole heck of a lot. And, uh, you know, just is what it is. You know, I don't know that that'll change. Okay. When you get when you think about it, you got a guy like Ryan Fines, who's on who's at D tackle, and now he's probably going to see some significant playing time with uh, Jenkins and Moten being questionable or out. You know, Ryan Fines years ago you'd said was a reach, not really a Miami caliber guy. Do you think I, I, and, I, and I still feel that way. They're just you know they're just you know down at that position. Okay, that that was my question. I was going to say, do you still feel that way, or do you think that he's gotten better? over the course of time to where coaches can trust him. He has again, gotten miles better under Coach Coach Cool. okay? Yes, he definitely has gotten better. Do I think he's a top front-line defensive tackle at this level? No. But do I think you could put him in the game against Florida A&M and maybe Florida Atlantic and be okay? Yeah, I think he's gotten to that point. And I think he showed that the other night. Well, that's good. I mean, he's a young guy. He's, what, a sophomore or uh, a redshirt sophomore? Yeah, he's uh, some more eligibility? Yeah, he's second year. I think they redshirted him last year, so he'd be a redshirt freshman. 
So, I mean, there, there's, there's but hope I, I for think him. If you upgrade talent on the roster and at that position, he's going to have a tough time. Yeah, I'm mean, like 2017 class is coming together real nice. I'd love to add another D tackle to that list, and hopefully we'll we'll gain some momentum going forward. But uh, anyhow, that's all I had. Um, I appreciate the updates, and uh, tell Shell Dog that you know now that I've called in to the radio show, now I'm now officially a dual threat Kane Sport member. So hopefully that'll give me some better reviews uh, in his <laughs> in his call. Yeah, I mean. He's the ultimate critic, no doubt. So I, I hope he takes care of you. You, you. you did great on the call. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on the keypad if you want to come on the show and be critiqued on the message boards by Shell Dog. Um, let's go back out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, twice. All right, you got to call back. Um, let's go to the two zero two. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? This is a uh, dude from DC. Hey, what's up, Deuce? How you doing this evening? I'm I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I just wanted to call because uh, uh, Kane's junkie pretty much. Um, I feel like a lot of his points he hit the nail on the head. Um, it was just it was soothing to look to the sideline and you didn't see the tie shirt and you, and you knew that. You're going to get a clean operation. You know what that's supposed to look like. You're going to get effort, organization. Um, you know, it wasn't going to be a, a 45 to 13 game, you know, things of that nature. And, um, you know, for, for how everything turned out other than the injury, I feel like, you know, that was about how it was supposed to go. Um, as far as Appalachian State, uh, I'm not necessarily worried about them um, as far as Tennessee is concerned, because Tennessee's offense, they look like the little giants. They they can't they can't they can't throw the ball down the field at all. So it played into their hands. All they did was set on them and play them. Uh, you know, play the run pretty much. And you know, they knew the quarterback wasn't going to be able to do anything. And then on defense, I mean, on uh, on offense, they can't throw the ball down the field themselves. So once you know, once the you know they have to basically deal with Kaya you know, and then have to deal with the run. I, I don't necessarily think we have anything to worry about on that front. But uh, as long just, as they come, to, as long as long as they're mentally into the game and come ready to play, I totally agree. I think Miami wins that game going away. Yeah, and, and I feel like this staff, like kind of like what Mr. Herndon was saying, what, 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 what you were saying to uh, Mr. Herndon more so about they, you know, out of respect for their coaches, kind of. So it seemed like it was it's just a little bit different, and we didn't get a big dose or anything like that, but. Going from where we, you know, from where we came from, and and looking at how how those players like didn't celebrate and things of that nature, and, you know, you see all the players were were hype and they were rowdy about certain things that it was it, it just wasn't the case the last time around. So um, it's just it's just really good to see you know um, uh, Kane football, you know, a defense actually penetrating, you know, things of that nature. Um, I'm just really excited and you know. Um, I feel like once once we get a couple wins, we get this thing rolling, then the program is really going to start to reap the benefits that that you know that it should that that we deserve and you know that the players deserve and everything. So that's all I have. Uh, talk to you next week. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, let me take a minute now and uh, let's cover some of the topics that were submitted on the message boards by the posters at canesport.com. A lot of good issues and, and, and questions, um, so I'll try to run through some of those right now. Would recruits 
respect Miami more? And, and this is an interesting question. If they made it to the ACC championship game or if they beat Florida State in October? You know, I, I think the best way that you could answer that question and address that issue would be if a recruit is from the state of Florida, he's going to put more stock, I think, in beating Florida State. That That's what, you know, that's going to mean a lot to somebody from the state of Florida. But if it's a recruit from another state, New Jersey, or, you know, or anything along those lines, and, and um, then, then I think obviously getting to the ACC championship game would probably more be more significant. Um, if anybody disagrees with me, you know, feel free to c- come on the show and weigh in on that. But uh, I, I really think that the answer to that question would depend on where the recruit is from. And if they're in the state of Florida, that Miami-Florida State game obviously um, means the world. So after watching Florida State last night, is their talent level heads and shoulders above Miami's? Here's the thing. I, I, I think if you take the first 22 players on each roster and – you know, you, you, it might be pretty close. You know, I mean, I think both teams are a little challenged on the offensive line. I, I think Brad Kaya and uh, DeAndre Francois, um, I mean, I'd like to think Kaya maybe is a little bit of a head, ahead, but man, that kid looked awfully good last night when they were down and out and he brought them back and obviously showed everybody that he, he's every bit as good of a player as, as they think he is up there. Um, you know, you got Dalvin Cook on Florida State. Uh, Miami's got Mark Walton, Joe Yearby, and Gus Edwards. Uh, Patrick, to me, as a backup running back, did not impress me at all. I think Miami's deeper at running back, but Dalvin Cook is obviously the best of those four. Uh, does that wash out? You know, I don't know. I mean, Mark Walton looked pretty darn good the other night. We'll see how he does when the competition gets better. Um, I think receiver-wise fairly comparable, I think you'd have to say. Um, that kid Kerr at tight end made a lot of plays for Florida State last night, but I don't feel the Florida State equals Herndon, Njoku, and Dobard at the tight end position. You'd probably have to give Miami a little bit of an edge there. Um, defensively, individual athletes, I, I think you'd have to give the nod to Florida State right now. They, they've done a great job of recruiting and if that if they have an edge really going into that game, that's where it is on just the individual um, special nature of some of their defensive players. Um, Forty four Walker, you know James is an elite defensive back. Uh, uh, they just look a little further along than Miami right now on defense. But you know that doesn't mean that Miami can't be competitive in that game. You're going to get them at at, at Sun Life Stadium, uh, you know at home. Florida State's due to lose to Miami. You just don't win the Miami-Florida State game every single year the way they have. Um, I think it's going on – it might be going on eight now. I've lost count, but it's 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 somewhat ridiculous. You know, the Florida State's had Miami's number, I think, ever since Kirby Friedman bailed that one game out. But, um, you know, so we'll see what happens when they play. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I think I, head and shoulders above – I mean, I, I think if you're looking at the top 22 to 30 players, I would not say head and shoulders. Um, if you're looking at the entire 85-man roster, 
I would say head and shoulders. Yeah, I mean, Florida State has recruited as well as anybody in the country. Uh, the only two schools with them would be Alabama and Ohio State. And obviously, they have a very deep roster of talent, uh, probably deeper than Miami's right now. But like I said, that doesn't mean that the Canes number can't be up there well, when they play in you know a month from now. Do we look for more of the same against Florida Atlantic as what we saw against FAMU? Um, does Miami cover the 24-point spread? Yes. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't want to inspire anybody to bet any crazy money or anything like that, but I, I feel pretty confident that Miami will win by more than 24 on Saturday night. Um, I, from what I've seen of, of, of FAU, I'm not very impressed. I'm, I, I don't think they're a very good football team, but they are going to be a better football team than FAMU. So I don't think it's going to be a 70-3 to game or anything like that, but I do think Miami can cover the 24-point spread. Do the Hurricanes have the starters to beat anybody anywhere, or do they still need a lot of breaks to win those games? And I think that goes along the lines of what we were just talking about with Florida State. Um, I think the starters are pretty darn good. I think once you start getting deeper into the roster, uh, things get a little bit more problematic. I think depth gets challenged. So the answer to that one, I think, would be it's going to depend on who you're playing. Um, Obviously, Florida State, Notre Dame are talented teams that are – going to probably be the toughest challenges on the schedule. Uh, North Carolina certainly has the capability, obviously, to be a very, very tough test. Uh, I think when you got to go to Blacksburg on a Thursday night, you're in for a tussle, no doubt about it. Um, I think that game at Georgia Tech in a few weeks is, is going to be tough um, just because you got a lot of young kids that now got to learn to defend that offense. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's the best way I can – uh, answer any questions about the quality of the roster. I think the starters are pretty good, and and I think that they can be competitive against all these teams. And I don't think Miami will go into any game without a chance to win. But obviously, when, when the competition gets amped up, uh, they're going to have to, you know, obviously be at their best to to win those games. Can the defensive tackles play at a high enough level to mask the issues at linebacker? You know. We won't know for sure, again, until the competition gets better, but I was pretty encouraged by what I saw the other night of, of, of those guys, uh, Norton and McIntosh. Uh, I, I think Coach Cool has done a great job with those guys. I, I think that they're you know, becoming pretty competitive defensive tackles, and, and you're going to have them for the next two to three years, which, which, which is a great thing. And um, you know, So, yeah, I, I would say that they, there's a decent chance that they can play at a high enough level to help out those young linebackers. But uh, I think those young linebackers are pretty darn good too. So, you know, we'll see. A Shaq Quarterman, to me, re- reminds me of when I watched Ray Lewis as a freshman, the way he works the field sideline to sideline, the understanding he has of the game. I've been uh, extremely impressed with Shaq Quarterman. Uh, while I'm sitting here rambling on, remember the number is 646-595-2048. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. If you want to get in on the show before we go to bed tonight, uh, hit the number one on your keypad. I'll be getting um, back to the calls here in a second. Uh, next question that came in: Do we keep it conservative this week against FAU? Um, Mark Rick says no; that he doesn't believe in being conservative. Uh, I say it'll depend on how the game goes. You know, the one thing that that Coach Rick 
tries to guard against is not giving an opponent enough credit and not having a game plan that can go take control of the game and, and, and win it ha- handily before you start worrying about things about being conservative and, and, and stuff like that. So he'll make sure he has enough in the game plan for whatever situations might come up on Saturday. But, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, if it goes the way Miami hopes it, it goes, at that point he'll have the opportunity um, to get a little conservative. All right, I need a drink of water from talking so darn much. So um, we're going to go back out to the calls. And, uh, again, the number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one if you want to get on the show before we go home for the night. And um, let's go now to the 541. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. This is Derek. How you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, Derek? My voice is starting to go on. Oh, man, it's all good. I really appreciate what you've done and give us Kane fan being on the West Coast. It's hard to keep up because you're all in bed by the time I get off. But quick question, uh, what's up with the indoor facility? Uh, I haven't heard much. They keep saying they're going to announce it, and they never announced it. So could you give me some insight on that? Yeah, they're just finishing up the contract. I mean, they're anxious to get it finished too, uh, as anxious as as you guys are. Uh, They've got the lead donor. They're deep in negotiations on on all the details of it, and uh, they're just waiting to finalize it. And then they'll they'll make an announcement, and I think they're hoping to do a public presentation with that lead donor um, at the Florida State game, so that that the, the, those individuals can uh, feel the adulation of the fan base. Nice, nice. So I'm I'm really excited for that because we really need that facility upgrade to you know to get some of those key recruits that we lose out because of facilities. Uh, and one more question: Where's my boy Kane Kane at? I ain't heard from him yet. He was on earlier. I he, was, he, I he was, oh yeah, he was he, he was in his usual you know great form and uh, I think he was in on like in the latter part of the first hour of the show. So um, I have to go back. To, uh, the we'll podcast, have the podcast up here in a little while, and you can go back and listen to it. I appreciate you, Gary. Thank you so much, man. Um, not a problem at all. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, we've cleared the board, so I'm going to put out a last call: six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six. Five nine five two zero four eight. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. In the meantime, I'll address these last uh, couple questions here. Now that I've had a chance to get some water back down my throat, um, do you think the Canes should sit and not play any players that are nicked due to depth concerns on the team? I think if somebody's really nicked, they should rest them. But I don't think there's too many guys that fall into that category. We just went through the um, injury report a few minutes ago. Um, not sure you'll see Moten this week. Uh, we're not sure about Jenkins right now. But for the most part, uh, it's a pretty healthy team. And uh, guys are going to get nicked anytime there's a football game, you know, let's be honest. But, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think, you, you know, most of the team you'll see on the field on Saturday. Will Coach Rick get Braxton Berrios more involved in the passing game? He only had one catch last week. I don't think there's any question about it. Braxton Berrios is going to be a huge part of this offense as the season goes forward. Um, They really didn't show a lot of the passing game this past week in terms of throwing to the wide receivers, really didn't uh, feel the need to expose a lot of their route trees and things like that. Um, But as the competition gets amped up and the season goes forward, yes, I do think you'll see Braxton Berrios catch 
a lot more footballs. Uh, Brad Kaya lining up under center uh, a greater majority of the time. Uh, yes, that's the Mark Richt offense. Um, you, you didn't see a lot of play-action passing the other night, but you will see a lot of play-action passing as the year goes on. Um, the other night was more about establishing the running game. Uh, and, and, you know, they gave Kaya some work, obviously, throwing the ball. But uh, Miami has a whole lot of passing offense, I think, that you did not see the other night. Um, but Kaya lining up under center uh, is a huge element because it brings in the play-action pass, and that's a staple of, of Mark Rick's offense. Does Mark Rick calling the plays make it easier for him to adjust on the fly based on his experience? Does it allow him to have more control of the tempo of the game and flow? Does it restrict his input on defense, making him rely more on his defensive coaches to make calls that will have, uh, that will give him less of an imprint on defense? And is that an advantage or not? Um, Here's the bottom line. Mark Rick has given Manny Diaz control of the defense. He's not micromanaging it. Um, Manny Diaz is defensive coordinator. You might as well give him the, the title of assistant head coach. I mean, he's, uh, he's totally in control of that side of the ball. Mark Rick doesn't tell him what to do. Mark Rick's not very involved in the game planning. Um, he just, he, he puts a lot of trust in Manny Diaz. And, um, I asked Manny about that the other night after the game. Um, and Manny said, that's why he wanted to come work for Mark Rick. And that's why coaches around the country love working for Mark Rick because he trusts his coaches. He lets them do their job. And, um, you know, that's what you're seeing happen here. Now, uh, when it comes to running the offense, um, yeah, obviously with the head coach calling the plays, it gives him more control of everything in, in the football game. So, I mean, is it an advantage or not? Uh, I think that depends on the job Mark Rick does, to be honest. I mean, if he does a good job calling, calling plays and game planning, uh, then it's an advantage. If, if he doesn't do a good job, then – you know, he's probably better off with a, a, a pure offensive coordinator. But um, he made it clear when he left Georgia that he wanted to get back into being the play caller and running the, the offense. And it seems to have reinvigorated his coaching career. I don't think you're going to see a change. And I haven't seen anything that would suggest you want it to change. I think Mark Rick's a very good offensive coach and a very good play caller. And um, that with him doing that, the program is in pretty good hands. And then the last question that came in, two years from now, will Miami be competing for a national championship? Um, I personally think it might, it might take three to get the roster top to bottom to that kind of level. Um, you know, that's going to depend on what happens at quarterback when Brad Kaya leaves and um, whether uh, any of these guys, whether it's Evan Sheriffs or Jack Allison or Nikozi Perry can develop – into the level quarterback that you see Brad Kaya at right now. Um, but I think it's going to take a couple more recruiting classes to get Miami back to that level where you can go peel off 11, 12 victories in a, in a season and get yourself in that college football playoff with the final four. Um, you just, you got to be a pretty darn good football team uh, to survive and, and get to that point. So um, that's how I would answer that one. All right, let's get back to the phones. Uh, again, we're at the tail end of the show. If you want to get on, now is the time. 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad. Uh, let's go out to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, it's me again. Uh, you cleared the line, so I got back on. 
Oh, okay. That's Ross, New Jersey. Oh, okay, Ross, did you have something else? Yeah, yeah, real quick. Um, uh, far as um, you know, you were talking about which game we prefer to go to and play. I would rather, honestly, it, it, even though they're going to talk about we haven't gotten to a championship or we haven't won our um, our part of the um the conference, you know, in a while, the division wise, but beating Florida State would mean so much to the program. And and when we bring recruits in and we talk about. You need to come to Miami. You need to stay to Miami. You need to come to to, to to this program. The fact that we can say we're beating Florida State now, we're going to continue to beat them. We're going to continue to try to, to, to beat them the way they've been dominating us in the last, you know, three or four years. And I think the last time we beat them, I could be wrong here. Was the last time we beat them was against um, Ja'Cory Harris? Wasn't that the last time we beat them? Am I wrong there? I don't remember Ja'Cory beating them. <laughs> Yeah, he did. Uh, actually, the last one I remember is Kirby, Kirby Freeman bailing it out at the last second. Wait, hold I, I can look, I, I I can we, look it I up. I, I've lost count. I know, I know it's, it's at least six or seven. I, I mean, it's no, been no. Ridiculous. We beat them. We beat them at Florida State. Remember, it came down to a last play, and we, we uh, one of our defensive back tipped the ball in the end zone, and we won that game. You remember that game when hey, we still had Benjamin? We had a deep pass to, to the to the deep corner. To, it was, it was like a 40-yard, a 50-yard pass from Ja'Cory, you know, right towards the, the pylon. We, we was out of bounds to Benjamin. The last then, time um, we had the Miami won was in 2009. So, yeah, the the Kirby Freeman game, I guess, would have been 2007. Yeah, you're going back. <laughs> you're and, going back. And, but and, I can understand yeah, that because they've, yeah, dom- they've been dominating Right, it was thirty-eight, thirty-four. You're right, you're right, you're right. So it's yeah, been yeah, six. Yeah. Of, I mean, it's, it's been six in a row. Yeah, listen. The reason why I, I know it because I really, truly, if I don't, if I dislike a program more than anything, is maybe the Dallas Cowboy. I dislike Florida State way more than any other team I can even think about. You know, I, I sometimes don't even get bad with the players commit to Florida. At least that we're not playing them every year, so I feel bad about it. But I don't. I hate. Florida State with all my might and my guts. But anyway, just wanted to answer that. And um, also, the fact that we, I think we're going to make the announcement as far as the practice facility against, like, Florida State. And also, I think we're going to break out those new uniforms against Florida State. When they said midseason um, change as far as what our look's going to look like, I think that new uniform is coming out against Florida State. I think that's when we're going to break out those uniforms. And I want it to right. go back to a normal look. I want to go back to a look. Honestly, the way we look right now with the uniforms, I don't really like them too much. I don't like them. I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan of the uniforms. But anyway, just on the positive, just the fact that we, I just wanted to let you know the last time we beat them was at um, Florida State. All right, And Rob. we need to get back get back there. Yep. All right, man, thanks for the call. Keep me on. Yep. All right. All right, let's go out to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Jared, how you doing, man? Doing great. Who's this? You with us? Yes, you hear me? Garrett. Garrett. Yeah, go ahead. Who's this? Hey. Yeah, this is Roland from New Orleans, man. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Just had a quick question. I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm going to hang up. Well, uh, just keep me on. I just want to see if we got any D-tackle de- de- recruits that might be coming in. There's one. Let me uh, let me pull my list up here so I say his name correctly. We actually just had a story on him on 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 Kane Sport. I don't know if you saw it or not, but um, a kid from Brooklyn, Romello Martin, um, has Miami in his top six now. He, he he says he'll visit, but he's just getting to know 
the program. So, you know, we don't know how serious that'll become. Uh, but that that's a new one that's burst onto the radar. Romello Martin from Brooklyn, New York, Abraham Lincoln High. But other than that, we don't have too many defensive tackles right now on our recruiting board um, that we see. What about, what about the kid from Louisiana, the receiver? What does it look like for Miami getting him? Yeah, we don't know. We think it's Miami or Alabama. LSU's, LSU's trying to get in there, too. But, uh, yeah, you know that's not going to happen. You look at that quarterback. We, yeah, we think it's Miami or Alabama. Well, I think that, honestly, I think going into next year, LSU will have a new coach. So it, I mean, I, I think they're going to yeah, lose. Yeah, I, I, I think his name is going to be Jimbo Fisher. You think so? I do. Wow. I don't think they're going to let him say no. I think they'll do whatever they got to do to hire him. But I'm, but, but I'm saying well, leaving leave Florida State to go to LSU. I mean, I think that's the only place he would he would go. Yeah, I I think that I think it could happen. Okay. All right. Well, let me just let me listen in, man. Great show as usual. All right, Roland. Thank you. All right, guys, that's going to be it for tonight. Um, great show. I want to thank everybody who called in and participated. Uh, I want to thank harrys.com. Remember to go and get your – I mean, I'm telling you guys, seriously, I'm not BSing on this one. Their razors are awesome. Uh, so take advantage of that offer and try it. Um, their starter set is 15 bucks. You get $5 off if you use the coupon code CANES, C-A-N-E-S. So for 10 bucks, they'll send you – um, a ra- um, they'll send you the, the handle and they'll send you a few razors and some shaving cream um, you owe it to yourself to give that one a try um, I really liked it and um, and then of course FanDuel.com our other sponsor uh, I hope everyone who is already a FanDuel member will go to FanDuel.com forward slash Kane and put in an entry in the Kane Sport League and um, if you're not a FanDuel member now's a great time to sign up you make your deposit, you use the coupon code CANE, they'll give you five free entries against other beginners, and you can kind of get your feet wet into fantasy football and and see if you like it. So um, glad we're able to bring those two deals to you guys. Hope you take advantage of them. Saturday night at the new Hard Rock Stadium, you got Florida Atlantic coming in. That'll obviously be exciting to see Miami and how they do against a little bit higher grade of competition uh, than what we saw on Saturday night against FAMU. So once again, thank you everybody for listening and participating. We'll see you again next Tuesday night. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore.